Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This week in league, Russell Packer gives a prediction of the Broncos' performance via interpretive dance before the game had even started. The new Tiger CEO has an immediate impact, installing his hit song, Your Body is a Wonderland, as the new team song. You know that it's Grant May, not John May. Fuck, serious? <laughs> and the Storm finally acknowledged their history of cheating, unveiling a new jersey with a big red dollar sign on the front. Yeah, it's a Superman jersey, yeah. And we preview all of the action for round 13 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 123 of this week in league. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, um... This week, uh, this is great. We've actually, this season, we've been putting it out there for more feedback and stuff, and the people have been responding massively, and we've been getting tons of stuff, like tweets, and not thing, you know, not items that are specifically related to a game, and stuff, to general stuff, which is also, you know, it's really good. Um, so, last week, we got a spreadsheet. People are big on the Excel spreadsheets, but we got one from um, Ben Skinner, and uh, this is about... Um, we always talk about the Tigers in decline. We're talking about the Warriors, you know, what a terrible decline they've had, especially since, you know, the the drubbing that Manly gave them in the grand final in 2011. Uh, you know, probably the, the worst day in the history of their club. And, um, <laughs> you know, not notwithstanding the fact they got flogged by 60 the other week. Also, one of the worst days in the history of my life. You had a great time because you were so drunk. You drank away the pain big time. I did. I attempted to. <laughs> it was only partially successful. Um, so, so Ben Skinner has put together a, a sensational colour-coded spreadsheet showcasing the regular season and finals performances from 2006 to 2012 of the West Tigers and the Warriors. Now, for now let me just um, yeah, let me just preface this by saying Ben Skinner is a cock. Why would you say that? Uh, because he's had to throw the Tigers in there. And then all of a sudden... That was the point, comparing the Tigers to the Warriors. What's he going to do? Why couldn't everyone just agree that the Warriors are crap and move on? We had to just lump the Tigers in there. <laughs> You're all going to have egg on your faces come October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, when you look at the uh, finals appearances over that period of time, the uh, Warriors have double. Ten finals appearance, appearances play uh, the West Tigers five appearances. Uh, their record... But the quality again, of the Tigers' the finals appearances far outweigh the Warriors. Yeah, you, you say that, but um, the that Warriors got a grand appearance. final in 2011, and there's no grand finals at all in the only two years of finals that the Tigers played. Um, you know, immediately got multiple games, you know, some years. I mean, they were out, you know, the, the, the Warriors, although they were in there in 2010, they uh, blasted out of there pretty quickly, um, you know, they were in one game. Uh, you got to look at 2008 as well. That, that was where they had a good run, and of course their final game, you know, they blasted out of there by the Seagulls. Um, <laughs> as ten, and you know, 2011 grand final, they blasted out of there by the Seagulls. As it tends to happen, yeah, you know, as it tends to happen to the Tigers too. But 
He's put in there to compare and contrast. He's put in there the uh, Storm and Seagulls as well. And it's just sensational to see the Seagulls with uh, 244 competition points over that period of time, playing uh, 196 of the Tigers, 187 of the uh, Warriors. But overall, the Warriors have had <laughs> the Warriors have had some dreadful seasons in there, while the Tigers have just had some declining seasons in there. So, uh, you know, the jury's out. I mean, like the finals, hands down, the Warriors have got them. Double the appearances, double the wins. But the real point of the spreadsheet is that compared Vince to Gannett com- is a cock. compared to Manly and the Storm, I mean, both of those teams have got nothing, and you know, so why would you even talk about them that much, right? Agree. Now, next, I refuse to agree to anything you say. This is something from a Manly fan, DJ X Plane. You'll remember, listeners who, of the show last year, he uh, sent us a bunch of statistics and stuff towards the end of the year, uh, revolving around hat tricks and stuff like that. He's a borderline genius, and and, fu- and further evidence that Lottie, you know, doesn't score hat tricks and, and part-time sort of cock. So, proud Manly fan, which is why this email was so disturbing when I received it. He said, uh, "Just attempting to clear up the myth that Corey Norman never passes the ball. I've heard you guys go on about him and noticed other people picking up on it. I've been watching him play the under twenties and NRL for a long time now, and know the amount of assists he can pull out. I did a bit of research and came up with the following results as at the end of round eleven. He is the highest-ranked Bronco for try assists, has 33.33% of Broncos try assists and assisted in 24.32% of all, t- all tries scored. Ranked 6th in the NRL for try assists, one of only three fullbacks in the top 30 for try assists with Bowen, who's 8th, and Stewart is 21st. The highest-ranked Bronco for line-break line assists has 29.63% of Broncos line-break assists and assisted in 20% of all line-breaks. Ranked third in the NRL for the line-break assists. Ranked third in the NRL for line-break... Uh, sorry, we put that in there twice, so nice one. Uh, one of only five fullbacks in the top 30 for line-break assists with Bowen, Hayne, Locke and Inglis. First in Broncos for metres gained which is 16th overall, second in Broncos for kick metres, leads Scott Prince in all attacking stats without playing in the halves. I like that one. That's probably my favourite one. Um, pretty good for a guy who never passes the ball, allegedly, in brackets. How dare you. The outside backs at the Broncos have made a habit of overrunning the play when Norman has the ball. If he was to throw it to them every time, he'd have more forward passes than Cameron Smith. So it's the, it's the runner's fault, not his fault. Right. Hope this clears it up a bit for you, and maybe we'll sway your opinion. Shame for the Broncos to let him go, especially when it's mostly because of Prince, who should be playing off the bench in reserve grade. Thanks for all your good efforts. Uh, thanks for all your efforts. Keep up the good work. Go Manly. Look... So. You make a compelling argument, but um, I can't argue with what I see in every fucking game that he plays. That's right. And I mean, I think. And really, I mean, how hard would it be to top the Broncos in attacking statistics? If you have a third of the tries, this, I mean, they might only have three. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you got one. Nice one. I refuse to let statistics sway my opinion on this. Look, I'm always uh, very impressed with DJ Explains' work, and this is no different, but Corey, Mo- Corey Norman. Imagine the times when he really should pass the ball, and yep. he doesn't because he's a fucking ball hog. Imagine how his stats would look then. Like Daly fucking Messenger. He'd be an immortal. They'd give it to him while he was still playing, knowing that he'd be going to Parramatta. Yeah. They'd, They'd make yeah. a statue. Yeah, yeah they would. Put it at Suncorp Stadium, then rip it out, and put it at Parramatta Stadium. Yep, that's it. So, okay, now we've got other stuff come in. Uh, at Dashing Dan 1. Oh, Late as usual on the uh, the worst buys in history, but he's come in here with a clear attempt to troll us. So early days, but Darcy Lussick's on target to become one of the worst buys in history. Good for my boys at Wenty, but not the Eels. Troll, stamp him. 
Beerboy182 <laughs> last week I had a tweet of his and I stopped reading it halfway and said, no, we can't say that. So he said, I've done the unthinkable and made a tweet too explicit for Twitter this week in league. Pr- <laughs> proud boy today. <laughs> and then he said, what happened to former Gronk of the Year, Bemsenmeister? And I said, yeah, that's a good question. Still haven't heard of him? He hasn't tweeted. He hasn't tweeted in like 50 odd days. There's, uh, oh. The Illuminati got him. Probably. And the fact that I outed him as a female ranger. Yeah, you probably driven him away from Twitter and, yeah. and the show. Nice. Uh, we got here Good Rob readings. at Rob Moore V1 said uh, Premier Sports in England's ad for the Rugby League has two shoulder charge clips with the voiceover saying this is the epitome of rugby hash <laughs> dumb fucks <laughs> um, and with, like, last week I made a couple of references and they were super obscure and I kind of put the challenge out there that no one would know what they were or if anyone did you know they, they're fucking geniuses now a couple of people I think Mick Tracy I think he was the first one to come in with the, the one about Dr Pepper and Trout um, I'm not convinced that he didn't Google it. Uh, a couple other people came in with it as well and uh, and said that, you know, it was all thanks to Google. Then we had uh, Shagger113 on Twitter and he said, uh, listening to uh, This Week in League and all of a sudden I have a craving for high C in Turkey. Then he's got hash goes together like Dr. Pepper and Trout, hash SNL, hash classic, hash ALO. And that's exactly right. It was a, it was a, like 19, I didn't realise at the time, but I looked back uh, to try and pin down when it was. And it was like 1996, I think, Saturday Jeez. Night Live. Danny Aiello was a special guest, and he played a travelling salesman whose job was to basically um, push the interests of high C, the juice, and, and turkey as a combination for food. And one of his things he said was, it goes together like Dr. Pepper and Trout. And uh, it's, a classic, it's a classic skit. Um, and, you didn't, and you have said no idea, ever. I mean, that was never going to... That, that was, you're not even, really? I mean, no one's surprised not, by that at all. You're not even but... a referential retard for that one, because let's face it, only like four people probably uh, got it. A couple of other people did try, but they were wrong. But uh, only four people got it right, and I think at least half of them, if not three quarters of them, Googled it. I just like to think that I've progressed in the fact that, you know, I, I you know, live a very busy life these days, and I'm out and about, and don't have a lot of time to watch TV, but back in 1996... <laughs> you didn't have a TV... I didn't have a TV. So, life's been good to me, Nathan. Whereas, you know, back in those days, you used to have to rub two sticks together to get warm. Yeah. Now, turn on a fucking heater. <laughs> okay, and um, the other the other one, I said the other one was like something about, you know, killed you know killed your dar or something like that. And that was from um, in, in the Name of the Father. Have you seen that movie? I'm sure you would have seen that movie. Where Daniel Day-Lewis is, uh, is thrown in jail for being like an IRA guy. And his dad gets chucked in jail as well, played by Pete Bottlethwaite, and they're in a, in a in a jail in Scotland, I believe. And they threaten at one point. They try to get confessions out of him and stuff like that. I could he, not goes, stare any blank more blankly. It's true, you couldn't. You're Glenn Blankly right now. Exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> and at one point, they at one point they the, you know the the cops are like you know interrogating because he actually he didn't do he didn't do it. He wasn't guilty, and so and he's maintaining his innocence, and they're trying to you know pin stuff on him. And um and he, he goes crazy saying, yeah, they said they would kill my da <laughs> and he was like crying, you know, they'd say, Yeah, killed your da. Fucking I don't get how that movie is the the one that you have to reference. It's just I can't even remember why what, I referenced it. I've because, never like, even fucking heard of that movie before. I'm pretty sure it's an Oscar winning movie. Who cares? I've never heard of it. Oh, okay, so it's not so because it's not fucking Hangover Three, it's it, it doesn't have a value in the Glenn Blakely fucking movie rating system. I, I watched Monsters Monsters Inc on Sunday. That's a good movie for probably the third or fourth time. Yeah, I like that movie. I've probably seen that. It would have gone straight away. 
Yeah. I wouldn't even know any reference to that. American History X. Would have got it straight away. Fight Club. Oh, okay. Away. So if I started, so if I did something about, like, said something about Zog Machine, you'd get what I was saying then. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay, cool. Because <laughs> that's a pretty random reference out of that movie, too. But I mean, if you've seen it yeah. many times, you know what I'm talking about. That's the song that Seth's singing when he's driving along in the van. See, I wouldn't even know the guy's called Seth. That's how, I mean, I've only seen that movie probably a couple of times. Yeah. So I didn't know he's called Seth. I don't even know fucking, uh, what, what's his face's well, hang on. either. Is the actor's name Seth, or was that the name in the movie? <laughs> Fuck. Let's just pretend that we didn't go down that route, because it might actually paint you as more of a referential retard. My, my favourite movie of all time, I still fuck the references up. How dare I? Yep, okay, so um, what else we got here? Um, and Robert Hannay tweeted us. Oh. He often tweets us uh, around about games and stuff like that. Now, Cowboys fan. Been decidedly um, quiet since last week, just saying. Very, yeah. And I mean, you did hammer him last week. so he Mainly he, because he's a cock that he, talked he, up the Cowboys. His, his Twitter account is at rpopsh. R-P-O-P-S-H. And so, and so we go So we go like rpopsh. Yeah. Like, you know, because I think that's a great way to pronounce it. He says, hey, you two Muppets. My initials are R-H and my nickname is Pops. So it's R pops H. It's not that hard. You hash. Yes, I expect a spray now. Well, what I want to talk about is how he got his nickname. That's true. How did he get his nickname? Did you do you investigate this? I didn't. I'm just saying that maybe he likes to be called Pops. And one of his friends' nicknames is is, is Spermy. How how about that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Maybe he bounces Spermy on his lap. <laughs> And ask him, ask him who his pops is, and he keeps telling him, but he keeps on asking. Well, they talk about the first thing that pops up. Um, the first thing that R pops up. Now, um, so basically, if you had a, if you had, a, you know, do you have a nickname? Oh, no. I have a lot of terms by which I'm known. But just give us one. Just give us one that's you know relatively oh, I benign. Cop, I cop Blakey a lot. Blakey. Okay, so, so it's not like your Twitter handle would be G Blakey. B. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like it's not it's not like it's a fight name where it's like Glenn Blakey <laughs> Blakely. Yeah. So yeah. So so it's for a Twitter handle it's uh it's ridiculous R Popsh and you'll be continue to be R Popsh. Yeah. <laughs> because R Pops age Until you ch- change your Twitter hand Twitter handle to your rightful name at fuckhead. And then you'll be known as fuckhead. That's bound to be taken. That was probably taken in like two thousand and eight. Yeah, that's probably his backup. That's his other account. <laughs> his first account got got banned and suspended. So <laughs> that's that's his other Twitter account, which uh, he uses to look cool. But yeah, um, don't let the, don't 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 let the don't let the traumatic experience of R Popsh dissuade you from sending his feedback because we do love the feedback and people who um who come up with these spreadsheets for you know statistics and stuff are amazing because I mean the, there is genuine work that has gone into the yeah like, I love it finding the statistics and, and the things as well like you know the, I, I even love the ones like that the are back in Tigers which is yeah. pretty much all of them and like things like you know the Cogifax and everything like that all those statistics and stuff are fantastic so um, if we do have any a discussion that revolves around you know some sort of statistics then by all means um, love getting those things and uh we love them when they back up our point of view and not so much the Corey Norman's rubbish. We only know what we see. Exactly. We only know what we see. News. 
pretty big news week. I mean, usually these these news weeks are kind of um a lot of fluff pieces about Origin and stuff like that. And and yeah, there were there was a lot of that going around, but there was a lot of other stuff as well. Um, once again, the clock, the dissenters on the clock have have, uh, have absolutely evaporated, as they should. They've gone. Scared. Uh, exactly. Fear does strange things to people, mate. It does. It does. You know, there's that fight or flight thing. Yeah. And you know, old Dave Mac. He tried to have a bit of fight about him. Came back once or twice, maybe three times. He was battered away with a feather, as is his way. <laughs> and then everyone took that and thought, wow, he was the only one that stood up about the clock and he's been battered down with a feather. And look what happened there. God he forbid, actually knows those God guys. forbid I should speak up. What will these monsters do to me? <laughs> I better shut my mouth and tell people how much I love the big clock. Yep. And didn't people love that too? Oh, didn't, didn't they? They, they loved a bit of big clock. But the bigger the clock, the better. And this week, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a pretty big clock in the scheme of things. So um, I guess uh, lay back and get ready because here it comes. Manly fullback Brett Stewart unlikely to push his case for New South Wales selection in the second Origin clash. The back injury is healing slower than first hoped. He was hoping to be ready shortly after Wednesday night, so tomorrow night or tonight, as you're listening to the show, I guess. And he was in line to be selected for the number one jersey for game one, but had at least hoped to be back for this weekend's game against the Warriors to push his case for game two. But Tuvi said on Monday, I think aiming his comeback this weekend was more his hopes than anything else. Quite frankly, I don't see the back injury healing up unless he finds a way to find some other avenue with which to cart around his enormous fucking ego rather than on his fucking shoulders with that big chip that he's got on there as well. He's only ever going to continue to have back problems. Um, he really needs to sort himself out, maybe deflate, deflate his ego a little bit. You know what, I think the and ego thing is out of line. take his fucking brothers with it. Yeah, the ego thing I think is completely out of line, but, you know, if you just had a run with the chip thing... Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and true. Um, they're talking about... Uh, there's another uh, uh, nice story about Steve Matai this week. Um, what? He's got... He's Who older, wrote that? Mrs. Matai? His older brother is um severe mental disability, can't speak, needs 24-hour attention, never seen him play. And so they're over there uh, in Auckland um, to play the Warriors this weekend, and it's looking like they're going to try and get, uh, you know, the club or, you know, the Warriors or someone to help out um, and get him to a game. And uh, this weekend, so be, and he's he's often spoke of. I remember there's a lot of stories coming out um, before the 2008 grand final, and before the 2011 grand final about how he's pretty much the inspiration that he takes into every game, um, you know, to to destroy the world like he does. And um, you he's know, very nice angry to, about his brother's disability, obviously. Well, you'd <laughs> you'd, you'd think so the way he destroys anyone who steps against him on the football field. But you know, it obviously he he just says that. Basically, I, I read an article and he said that he um just the, the struggle that he has to go through on a day-to-day basis to survive is like, you know, he's got it real easy, you know, with his life and, you know, playing footy and everything like that. And so, you know, he takes uh, great inspiration from that and, uh, yeah, hopefully he has a massive game on the weekend. I think he'd stop whinging about fucking pretend injuries. His brother, inspirational story like that. Well, that's why he plays with career-ending injuries. It, it all makes sense now. You understand. No, this I don't. Is what, this, this I'm is failing it. to see your logic. Well, you know, that's not the first time and that's not <laughs> uncommon. Um... Corbin Sims has chosen to stay at the Knights instead of a potential family reunion in Townsville at the Cowboys. Uh, there's been weeks of speculation that he would go up to the Cowboys to join uh, Tarek and uh, Ashton up there at the North Queensland Cowboys, but he signed a new two-year contract this week with the Newcastle Knights, and um, apparently there was also interest from Cronulla and Manly, and I've never heard the interest uh, from Manly with Corbin Sims, but um, yeah, there you go. Family He's, reunion, eh? Yeah. You could just imagine Tarek reunion up and go, hey, Corbin! 
having a family reunion up here, mate, up in Townsville. You're invited. Obviously, you're part of the family. If you're like, is Ashton going? Yeah, of course, mate. It's family. No, sorry, mate, I can't make it. You know, is it true? Is it true to say that the sport of uh, of Aussie rules football was invented when someone from Melbourne was coming up and staying at the Sims household and was watching them play backyard footy, <laughs> backyard rugby league, and basically it's just these gronks running around just paddling the ball along the ground in front of them and not being able to pick it up, <laughs> just bouncing off their hands and feet. Tarek puts up a kick. Went back to Melbourne. Tarek puts up a kick. Ashton tries to cash it, fumbles it, fumbles it again, kicks it ahead, fumbles it three more times, drops it, falls over, picks it up, stumbles, drops it on the boot, just happens to trickle through the goal. So he's like, I think we just invented a fucking new game. There's something in this. Sims ball. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, back, to, I'm going back to Victoria to make this into a sport. <laughs> so uh, Corbin said that uh, this club and Wayne Bennett have given me my chance and I want to repay them for their faith. So there you go. It's a very, uh, very humble statement. I like it. Yeah. Superman Storm jerseys. You've seen the jersey? I have. It's much like the Dark Knight one that happened, um, you know, whenever that came out last year, was it? And, and then they had the Avatar Canterbury ones. And there was the James Bond one just this season with Canterbury as well. Movie tie-ins. Uh, Fuck are you talking about? That was the Tigers James Bond jersey. Oh, Tigers James Bond. My, my apologies. Superhero motherfuckers my... that they are. Because <laughs> James Bond's a superhero? He is to me. <laughs> and the Tigers, of course, have gone through, the, uh, uh, I guess, a Timothy Dalton era at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Superman Storm Jersey, like you've seen that. it, you like it? Yeah, I do, I, I do like it. I would like to see, you know, it's a bit of a shame that Storm, the Storm did the Dark Knight one, eh? I think so, yeah. 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 Doggies see, had the, Avatar. Imagine if the... You know, Manly had it done the Dark Knight. And there's a Star Wars one as well, didn't and then, there, didn't I? Yeah, that was the Doggies. Doggies have Star Wars, yeah. If Manly had it done the Dark Knight, Storm done Man of Steel, Battle of the Superhero jerseys. Yeah. Two or, Mortal Enemies. Yeah, it would be, or Manly, you know, it'd be great if they had like a like a General Zod jersey for this week. Just to tie in, even better. Like, let's have an actual enemy. Uh, I'll make it easy for you. A Lex Luthor jersey. Oh, right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> And you are aware that General Zod was the the the, the enemy in in Superman two and um in the upcoming Superman movie as well, right? No. So back Blank. to Lex Luthor. <laughs> Glenn Blankley. We're gonna have to rename this episode. <laughs> we had the name of this episode all sorted out already. <laughs> Glenn Blankley. Glenn Blankley. How dare you? What about? I've got a new phone list for uh, the staff phone list today. Yeah. Pin it up on more. Yeah. Scroll down the list by my own name as I do. Glenn Bleakley. <laughs> Spelled like bit like E A K. Yeah. Well, obviously, no, they've, they've, you've been there long enough, and they've obviously know you quite well. How dare they? <laughs> Next, but I think the jerseys look pretty cool. I, mean, I do. I think it's uh, it's actually one of the better uh, mock up jersey designs that that have, have been out. They're becoming fairly because it looks kind of like it looks kind of like you know you know the Superman what he what he wears you yep. know like with the, with the S on it I mean just without a cape and I mean I kind of in a way I'm kind of like you know the Storm having the Superman jersey that, that's fucked because you know it makes them look you know they're not Superman well, they're, they're the fucking cheats they're like Lex Luthor they're, they're, they're the bad guys they're the villains of the NRL they don't they shouldn't have like the super good guy <laughs> you know super good guy jersey don't uh, don't let Ghost Storm 1 hear you bagging off Storm like that. Oh, Ghost Storm 1. We're still blocked, I think, aren't we? Oh, we should be. What a shame. If not, we should go out of our way to make sure we are again. 
Yeah, it was good times though. Good times. Um, next one. This one only has broke really recently too. Um, after six o'clock tonight, in fact, Craig Gower returns to the NRL, and uh, he's going to be doing it uh with Newcastle Knights. Very surprising. Yeah, very surprising. He's thirty-five years of age, so he's not going to be the oldest guy running around, but he's pretty. You know, he's, he's up there for sure. Uh, could be at Newcastle by next Monday. Release papers from English Super League club London Broncos set to be rubber stamped within forty-eight hours. He made two hundred thirty-eight appearances with the Panthers and left the NRL after the two thousand and seven season and uh, went to uh, French Union side Bayonne and also represented Italy at international level. So last year he returned to league at London, and uh, he's pulling the pin on that and coming back to Australia. I didn't realise it. I didn't feel like it was that long ago. There you go. Six years ago, pretty much. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. The fuck. I don't know how, how much value is is really involved I'll there. I'll tell you how much value. Fucking none. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And Newcastle. That's going to be the Matt Orford experiment all over again. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame he didn't start at the start of the season so he could be the, bring the true Matt Orford in this. But yeah, yeah. What are they bringing him for? Do they cover, cover Gidley for his origin selections? I don't, wow. I don't, I don't know. Um, now, and talking about other Gronks. Jamie Soward, earlier in the week, in fact, the story that I had set for the for the show tonight was the, how he had uh, rocked up to training or rocked up to a video session, and the coach is like, just, uh, you know, after speaking to Soward and speaking to some senior players, just, just you know, take a few days, Jamie, just, you know, see where, you know, clear your head. What did he have to say in the video session? Yeah, well, yeah, this thing, I mean, he must have, he must have had some stuff to say after the game in the dressing room or something, um, but anyway... It's now come out today that not only was he sent a couple of days to clear his head, he can go and clear his head down at the Illawarra Cutters. Dropped. Wow. So the the, the Panthers will be loving it. They're actually um they've actually kept the whole situation fairly quiet as to the there's something's gone on there. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean, yeah, we know that it's not a happy home for Jamie Sowell at the moment, whether he's got his mind on next year or not, I'm not sure. But um you know, fuck, I'm, I'd hate, you know. It just goes to show what a fucking ordinary coach Steve Price is. Yeah. He tells Jamie Soward he's got, a, he's got a week to clear his head. I mean, anyone that knows Jamie Soward needs, knows he needs a fuck load more time than that yeah. to clear his head. Have you ever seen what goes on in that thing? Well, no, and I don't want to, quite frankly. Why, where's headgear? Yeah. Stop it oozing out his ears. Yeah. So, um, oh, Penrith fans... Penrith fans are doing. They've justified it to themselves. I've seen, I've seen some free, free Jamie stuff. Yeah, they've justified it to themselves, and it's funny. It's so funny. I find it really fucking hilarious. If he he hadn't signed for Penrith, would these Penrith fans be on his nuts so hard? Of course not. They'd be kicking the shit out of him just like everybody else. Exactly. But no, they've got to deal with him, so they've got to make the best of a bad situation. That's right. And uh, I think it's very, very funny. I've got the herpes now. I'm just going to put the cream on. Yeah. Stop it from flaring up. Yeah. I'm not going to tell many people about it. That I'm, you know, that I've got it. I'm just gonna have to deal with it. I'm gonna live with it. Yes, just compare Jamie Sow to herpes. And yeah, and then you went into details of like living with herpes. Is something you want to tell me? <laughs> well, Nathan, sometimes when you're not around in 1996 and you, you know, you don't have a TV and you've got to rub sticks together to keep warm. Can't watch Saturday Night Live like the rest of the kids with Foxtel. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> some questionable ladies come into your life. Alright, and we'll leave it there. And um, animals. That's, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to explain anything to me, mate. It's alright. It was a tough life in Ed's, Nathan, alright? <laughs> and speaking of tough lives, Russell Packer. 
Police may take action against Russell Packer for urinating what? at Suncorp Stadium. Police are conducting inquiries into an incident that occurred overnight at a stadium in Milton, a Queensland Police Service spokesman said. There's no further information available at this time. He urinated during the first half of the NRL clash with the Brisbane Broncos in an incident captured on Fox Sports cameras. So while he has so far escaped charges... Um, there was the the woman, the situation of the the ranger who peed on the seat at Suncorp after the Origin. Uh, she was fined a uh, hundred hundred dollars in court for for doing it. Um, police figures show there were four thousand six hundred ninety two charges for public urination in Queensland last financial year, down from five thousand and thirty two the previous year. So the offence blitz. Yeah, the offence of public urination carries a standard fine of two hundred dollars. So um, he's apologised for it, and I think it was a pretty fucking sarcastic and insincere yeah. apology. Um, and the club, the Warriors, they were hit with a fifteen thousand dollar fine over the incident. Did as well. Fox Sports say anything? Obviously, I was at the game. Did they say anything about? Or it was just the cameras there. It was like the elephant in the room. I honestly, the, I was I was out. Heavy set white gentleman pissing in the room, if you will. I was out at dinner, so the, the extent that I've seen of the of the first half of the game was basically Twitter and highlights, uh-huh. <laughs> and all the Twitter and like the the picture of him standing there were just like you know. Niagara Fall coming down the leg of his pants. <laughs> he was just hands on hip and it, like much like he is when he's running back on side and stuff because he's. You can see he's looking at you can see he's looking at the camera the camera and he's, yeah, he's, he's like, like, are you seeing this? You like you that? Got this? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I piss on you. I'm gonna piss on you. So um, <laughs> they say that uh, they they're, they're kind of equating it to Don McKinnon back in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but back in the back in the day there with Don McKinnon, that was before the interchange rule. So he actually said um, he, he, he copped a fine of $1,000 for doing it back in the day. Jeez, inflation's but, um, a bitch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but, but he actually argued. He said, what else is I going to do? You can't take time off and race off the field. So he just sort of went over the sideline and took a piss. And um, it's funny, it's funny I, was, I was actually at that game and I never saw that. <laughs> I didn't notice it at the time. But yeah, good times, good times. Um, so you went to see the first Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, the first the first game there. It was, I was sitting in the. Uh, oh, I was against Manly. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, in, yeah. when I think Don McKinnon. I always think North Sydney Bears. No, no, no. It was no. It was it was it was Manly. It was the, it was the first Broncos game in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. It was back in the day when um, before the Broncos the, before pumped them. Yeah, it wasn't good. Terry Madison. Uh, yeah, Terry Madison, ordinary fucking player. Too. <laughs> he fucking just, carved up that night. Jesus. <laughs> he was like. Fuck you, Wally Lewis. Terry, look, he, look, he looked like a. You fucking, sit back. I got this. He looked like Scott Minto out there. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> who obviously didn't land until later. Um, yeah, I remember sitting back back in the day before the redevelopment uh, in the I believe it was, was it the Frank Burke stand, the one on the with our wooden splintery bench seats. Those got were the, me. Those were the days. I'm sure they were. Those were the days. I much preferred when Stadium 2013 version. I I I don't. Except for the smell of stanky piss. Because I remember, cause, you know, play, playing footy at school and everything, you know, we got those cards, like the Queensland Rugby League cards, that, you know, you get free entry. So we used to go to, you know, every sort of Broncos game. We'd go and, like, you know, sit on the grass, you know, kick footy you around. You used to go to the, the Broncos games, I know. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Every, oh, every, every home game. Every other, yeah, every other game, yeah. Look at you now. Yeah. Just bagging people that go to the Broncos games that don't, don't support the Broncos. I don't bag people that go to the Broncos games that don't support the Broncos. Um... Actually, yes, you do, Nathan. No, don't That's you go? Exactly to, you go to the Broncos game, and you've bagged me for it ever since I've started. No, you pay for a membership to the Broncos. You're a member of the Broncos club, and you didn't lose a bet to become. <laughs> you fucking willingly put your money down and became a financial paid-up member, supporting. I paid for the seat. Thank you very if much. Not, if not, possibly mean, the premier rugby league watching facility, and you probably in the world. and you're probably not supporting the Broncos 
emotionally in their games. But, you know, there with Brad, as a Broncos fan, you know, you probably are half the time. Well, you know, more than half the time. Yeah, I'll give them a bit of a cheer but, if they're scoring tries. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board with that a little but bit. But not only that, but you're financially supporting the club as well with your hard-earned dollars. I wish they'd fucking member buy of two, some decent players. Jeez, me- last night was unentertaining. Member of uh, me- member of two clubs, and, you know, we know what we think about those fucking gronks. Well, I know what clean. you think about them, but really, your opinion of me counts for fucking state very, trader, very little. State trader, team trader. I mean, you probably start fucking cheering for New Zealand as well just to get yourself to try well, a bag of trifecta. Been, I've already supported the Kummels quite openly. Yeah, but people kind of do that because it's like, it's like, you know, it's that warm, fuzzy feeling like, you know, supporting like Paralympics and stuff as well. Like, oh, you go, guys. Jesus. You little battlers. Haven't you just fucking <laughs> insulted the entire nation of Papua New Guinea? Why? Well, you just compared them to disabled people. I'm not saying they're disabled. I'm saying it's the feeling. You don't try and woozy way out of it now. The feeling of supporting an underdog who doesn't have a fucking chance in hell of winning. And because of that, it's like the Eddie the Eel thing in the in the uh, Olympics. With old Where mate, are you going with this? With old Something mate. About, could... and, and I see that's why you're a Tigers fan. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't That's where you were going with it. I wasn't, but let's let but let's explore that. <laughs> um, story about uh, Ben Teo. Obviously, he's going through some trouble here with uh with with his lady, uh, Katie Lewis, who he, uh, he scrubber that he picked up one out out in the turps one night, and uh, you know, ended up with a fractured eye socket at the end Allegedly. of it. Now, uh, well, no, she definitely ended up with a fractured eye socket. The question is, what happened between, but getting picked up by Ben and uh ending up with a fractured eye socket and how and how that fractured eye socket that's that's what's up for dispute and it's still under investigation that's the murky water that people are wading through they are they are but I mean there's no doubt about it that she did she did get a broken eye socket and uh, those things don't fucking break themselves I mean usually you see in the UFC they get broken with people's you know ground and pound elbows into people's faces so Mal Meninga he's uh he's been concerned about old Benny and um, Queensland Police is still, still investigating it, and uh, the Maroons, or the Maroons, I should say, are not standing him down. Now he's going to run out in New South Wales, uh, eighty thousand capacity ANZ Stadium. I think they added some extra tracts of seats as well, uh, so they can get more people in. And he's worried that he might get sledged about being a woman beater. Well, can, can, the fact that he hasn't been convicted of anything yet is probably, but. It's probably it's probably negligible. I su- I suppose that uh, there is something to be said for that. But fuck me, Dad! If you send a player out and you're worried about that he's going to get sledged, I'm sure he can handle it. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, I've faced that. That'd be you'd be in his ear the entire time, entire time, I know, pesting I would him up. Be. Yeah, you would be. I would be. You'd be pesting him the entire time. Yeah. I look at the end of the day, he's a professional athlete. He's put up with all sorts of sledging. I mean. I watched Ben Teo get an absolute fucking spray of a lifetime by a teammate. Yeah. That being Chris Hyington. Yeah. Behind the goal line of a game uh, against the Warriors, Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. I think it was at Leichhardt Oval. Um, because he wasn't putting in. So, he's he's copped his share. Yeah, exactly. He can cop a bit more. I don't exactly. think it's going to hurt him. But for the New South Wales part... Uh, Laurie Daly will instruct his players to desist from sledging Ben Teo, and he guarantees that it will not be the case. Well, you know Greg Bird's not saying anything. <laughs> I think, well, you know, I think Greg Bird probably would be a pest and would say something, regardless. Really? Yeah. And the irony would be completely lost on him. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've you know we've heard alternate versions of that that those you know those events as well. But yeah, even even so, I guarantee you he'd still say something. 
it he, probably would. He strikes me as the kind of pest that would be the guy like in a hard tackle and get right up on him, and, you know, just get his mouth right next to his ear and just you know, give it to him. <laughs> but then again, why wouldn't Greg Bird? I mean, he probably cops the same week in, week out as well to this day. I'd imagine. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's that's what it's all about. It's a tough game. Um, any little mental edge they're going to try and take, and um, look, I, I think Ben Tia's up to it. I think he'll probably run out and play some of his best footy, and the investigation continues. And you know, it's if he d- is found to be innocent, I, I, you know, it's much like you say about Greg Bird. There's been other reports and other as to how that all went down, and you know, people's first reaction to that guy. If you're not Greg, not a Greg Bird fan, yeah, or a Titans fan, or yeah, you know, you know right. Sharks at the time, whatever, yeah. you know what they think. So, a lot of these time, even illegitimately, sometimes this mud sticks, and um, that is the unfortunate side of these high-profile guys facing these sorts of allegations. But um, if he is convicted, then he should be arsehole out of the cop, much like the NRL did with Robert Louis. Yeah. Oh no, they, wait, he's they, back now. Yeah, didn't they? Why don't they show fuck him? him off too? Yeah, they show. They sure showed him. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can expect nothing as well. Um. <sighs> Grant Mayer, he has been charged with turning around the fortunes of the West Tigers after being appointed as their club's chief operating officer. Benji's body is a wonderland. It's really not. It's a wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> of talent and anything else remotely attractive and appealing. Um, the Tigers, they're looking for a new CEO and Mayer's going to run the club on an interim basis once Humphreys leaves his post. Um, the chairman, Mike Bailey, said... Grant will be the ultimate go-to man in terms of day-to-day administration. There are many things we need to consider as a football club, including sponsorship, etc., and he'll have to step into the main role, even though he won't be stepping into the chief executive's role. And, of course, he has extensive experience in successful sports administration. He was the CEO of the Sea Eagles, uh, presiding over the 2007-2008 grand final seasons. And... um, he held a senior position at the Bulldogs and spent almost three years at the GWS Giants as their general manager of commercial operations. So... So is he a shot to get the gig? You'd, you'd think so. I mean, I don't, just give him the fucking job. Yeah, it's strange how they point these COOs and then they do the and then they have to bring a guy and stick him in over the top. It's the only thing I can imagine is is that he's not interested in it because I did hear he wasn't interested in it about uh, two weeks ago. And so well, maybe, I heard he was in line for the Bulldogs job. Yeah, and then he pulled out of that. I mean, he actually pulled out of that quite early. Mm. Like I don't think he even went down to the shortlist stage but he said that the board has shown some faith in me and given me a great opportunity to help the club the fact I've done it before at CEO level at a couple of clubs means it's nothing new to me and I'm looking forward to the challenge so his priority will be to find a replacement for Humphreys and they're looking like they're going to sign off on the recruiting process this week plus you've got recruitment player retention and he says that one of his priorities would be to resolve the long term future of Benji Marshall of course it's the uh, number one topic in Tiger Town at the moment he throws out he throws out some great some some great uh, uh, cliches in that too. There are three R's in rugby league: retention, recruitment, and revenue. That's what I'll be focusing on in the next period, making sure we get that right. The fans have been exceptionally patient. Yes, Glenn, and I can assure them is and and I can assure them they'll get my one hundred percent commitment while the board goes through the process. And you can probably add an extra R, and that's resilient, which is exactly what Tigers fans are. Damn straight. We fucking had to be. Because didn't they give you a chubby? Well, we've had to learn to be because um, the fucking board that employed Mr. Mayor, who's highly credentialed, and I can't believe he's actually not getting the top gig, um, is a shambles. Absolute fucking shambles. So let's start with uh, re-signing Benji and uh, putting that to bed and, and moving on to other issues like 
where the fuck Adam Blair's going to play next year. Yeah, I mean, because there's been a bit of talk about, you know, Adam Blair might, you know, he might go back to the Storm and then they'll, you know, pick up some of the tab and Tigers pick up some of the tab. As a fan, the West Tigers, how do you go about that? How do you feel? Adam Blair goes back to the Storm, the the club would still have to foot, let's say they'd have to probably foot, you know, 40% minimum. You would think if Adam Blair was ever going to resurrect any of his best form, it would be at Melbourne, right? So, a situation where Adam Blair leaves a club where he's been a fucking scourge for two seasons. Scourge. He's come a long way from your predicted NRL revelation of the of the 2000, what was it, 2011 or Well, quite frankly, season? he's played one passable game, possibly two <laughs> passable games in a season and a half with the club, right? He arseholes it back down to Melbourne. Yep. Back under Craig Bellamy, familiar surroundings. Probably a more structured sort of system and, and and the type of attack which probably would bring out the best in him, which I'm not convinced that Mick Potter has, uh, that that's going to be his style. Yep. Starts succeeding, carving up, probably plays for New Zealand again, the whole while the Tigers are paying half his salary. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. So would you would I'd rather see him wallow. Would you prefer... You, 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 I mean... There's, there's, let's say there's two realistic choices. One, say he goes to the Storm, like you said, or two, he continues to play first grade for the Tigers. Mm. I would rather see if he... I mean, he's at a bit of a crossroads. At the end of the day, he's got to decide whether he wants to re- recapture that sort of form. And, mm. you know, he's got to be the one making the tackles and, and not missing them and, and making the hit-ups and the offloads and, and doing all the little things that he was renowned for before he came to the club and have been very few and far between since arriving. But yeah. um, So if he decides to be the best Adam Blair that he, you know, and the, resurrect the type of form that he was renowned for before coming to the club, then the Tigers are the ones that invested quite heavily in him. They should benefit from it. Um, other than that, if he doesn't want to recapture that form, then he should fucking wallow in reserve grade or off the bench or trotting around the park like he's doing at the moment and no one else should try and get a benefit out of him at the end of the day the Tigers are the ones that are paying him ridiculous amounts of money and they you know 300000 if they were going to pay half his salary or 250000 gets a yeah. decent player Yeah. you know and you're paying that to someone that's not even playing at your club it's fucking ridiculous you're already doing it with at least three other players um, which is just I don't, I don't even get it so, so finally do you think he can recapture anything at the Tigers? Well, he's obviously got it in him. Well, no, he doesn't, obviously. Obviously nothing. Well, That's he's the point. displayed that, that level of play before, is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, when, when, before he came to the Tigers. And the type of role that he has at the Tigers... Fuck me, dead. It's not rocket science. Pick the ball. That's what I'm saying. Catch so, the so, ball, I don't, run I don't, it hard, offload it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as close to the Tigers as, as you are, clearly, but I mean, I don't think he can... I think he's a waste of fucking space. The Tigers will continue. Well, I think to race his up. confidence is shot. Yeah, and I agree. I think he's, he's probably shown himself to be the sort of bloke that probably does read the paper, and it has knocked him around. He did probably stand up in their last game, and time will tell. I guess the next month of footy, we'll see um, what sort of stuff he's made out of. Yeah. Now, finally, hopefully, uh, it's not marshmallow. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Finally, suspension stuff. Um, now, did you see uh, on the weekend we had uh, Nathan Peets? He escaped a charge from the match review panel for uh, a cannonball, which is looked as clear-cut cannonball tackle as I've ever seen. Which, uh, you know, there's not going to be a crackdown. He didn't and you get would think charged. With referees 
you know, any game containing Isaac Luke, they're going to be high on the lookout for Cannibals. Yeah, so Alex McKinnon from Newcastle unfortunately suffered an ankle injury, um, and Pete was the third man in who uh, drew, you know, cannonballed low into his legs. Uh, Wayne Bennett went uh, ballistic about it. He wants to see it rubbed out of the game. Um, it was outlawed in 2011, as you mentioned, uh, Isaac Luke, and also at South at the time, Chris Sandow was also a big one for it. Um, so players are still able to join tackles as a third player and the line between a cannonball and a legal tackle is a fine one so uh, the match review committee absolved Pete's of any punishment but Bennett did find an ally in Manly coach Jeff Tooby I think it's a dangerous situation there that needs to be looked at Justin Horro from Manly said it was a concern where players legs were being attacked and he supported moves to get rid of those types of tackles um, I'm not sure why Justin Horro was the guy they asked about it but um, there you go he said that uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the cannonball tackle and it obviously hurts when you get hit around the knees Jeff Tuvey trying to look intelligent by hanging on Wayne Bennett's coattails. It just goes to show that, you know, super coaches, you know, gravitate together naturally in right. these matters. Jesus. Which is why Mick Potter wasn't asked for his opinion. <laughs> like, he can't even Mick he can't Potter even was busy. He can't yeah, well he can't even get Adam Blair to make more than four fucking hit ups a game. What's he gonna do about a fucking a technical issue like a cannonball tackle? <laughs> He's in there saying, Adam, I don't care if it's a cannonball, if it's a crusher. Just fucking do something, a bitch. tackle, I don't know, I don't care what just it is. Just do something. Just make a fucking tackle, Adam. Chicken wing the shit out of him. I mean, because <laughs> then he's like, well, yeah, in the back of his mind, he's like, well, that fucking solves some issues for a couple of weeks. He gets <laughs> he gets four or five weeks off without to worry about it. Um, and the other suspension news, and there's another one avoiding suspension, Ben Barber. He'll plead guilty uh, to the charge of uh, using his knees uh, on Jamie Soward on Friday night. Uh, it did result in an eight-point try at the time, and um, and he was handed a grade one dangerous contact charge. So um, he escaped suspension uh, with a guilty plea. If he fights it and is found guilty, he'll get one match. I'd say he'll just say uh, he'll just plead out to that one. But um, that did not look good at all. I remember um, playing... Uh, Bryce Gibbs Tigers versus Parramatta in a game where the Tigers were trying to make the finals I think it might have been 2009 uh, he was because Jared Hayne was in the midst of his big run brilliance yep Tigers trying to make the finals it was pitched as Hayne versus Benji Jared Hayne just if you, if I could just relive it quite sadly shout on Benji from a great height Jared Hayne kick return Tigers come up with the only staggered line of the night getting towards the end of the game they've been very diligent in their kick chase as they said in the week leading up to the game they were going to be got a little bit tired first staggered line of the night Stain uh, Stain if you will um, Jared Haynes steps one steps two beats ten um, chips over the top and uh, fucking Tim Lolson <laughs> in an indication Did of what, what was to come <laughs> Uh, just couldn't get to the ball. Hayne, Superman, Superhuman, as Ray said. <laughs> Where were we? I've lost my fucking train of thought. In you're actually, really you're actually, re- you actually were reliving that. I was watching your face. You were replaying that in your mind. Yes, <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, Tigers in decline, even back then. <laughs> it really was. Now, what you were talking about was um. Something Bryce about, Gibbs something in that about game. Bryce Gibbs in that game, yeah. Uh, Luke Burt scored a try. Bryce Gibbs was obviously tracking back to try and tackle a guy. Yep. Um, slid, hit him in the back with his knees, got three weeks. Yep. Saw Bryce Gibbs blowing up about it on Twitter saying, fucking, 
I've got three weeks for that. And it wasn't as bad. And his was probably somewhat simultaneous as yeah. far as the action of him going to his knees and um, and Bert scoring the try, and it was still called a penalty. Uh, Barber's one was fucking late. Late. He'd scored the try. Bad. He was sliding across the touching goal line, and he still got him. It was Billy Slater late. Yeah. Really, Every and bit I mean, of it. and speaking of protected species, Queensland fullbacks. <laughs> so, um, obviously, yeah, you know, it, it looked it looked bad, and Ben Barber's got you know he's got the whole rehab thing, and then he's got the whole thing where you know he's a he's a you know exciting player, and exciting players, you know, of course they have a. You know, like a reverse tax as far you as you know, imagine, punishment and stuff. You could imagine a doctor going, he could have broken his spine. Someone going, it's Jamie Sowd, mate. Nice spine there, nice mate. Spine. Jellyfish just bounced right off. <laughs> but, I mean, you, what, you, what you do is you, you apply the Matai tax to these things. What if Steve Matai did it? Probably would have got fucking sent off. <laughs> the Matai rule. Yeah. I if that be- was Matai, I'd probably wouldn't play again until 2016. Exactly, exactly. And so that's when, you know... When you, when you get all warm and fuzzy about, you know, the marquee sort of players like your Ben Barbers and, you know, like, I don't know, Cooper Cronks, you know, guys like that. You know, Jack Cameron. Buchanan. Players like No, no, no. <laughs> Fucking, where do you pull Jack Buchanan from? I mean, they've all time You could have pulled, like, you know, Benji or something, which would be more realistic. But no, you're going with, like, obscurity. Of, yeah, I'm going, yeah, I'm going left field. Just sort of, I'll pull out another name of a future, like, superstar of the game after he leaves the Tigers. Alright, so be it. Recaps kicking off Friday night football and as the game with the incident we were just talking about. Canterbury Bull- Bankstown Bulldogs 16 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 14 at ANZ Stadium in front of a crowd of just under 23,000. Now, Doggy's 16 points came from a double to Tim Lafay. Sam Perrett got a try. Trent Hodkinson, two goals from three attempts. St. George Illawarra Dragons 14 points came from tries to Jamie Soward and Matt Pryor. Jamie Soward was uh, 100% on his, uh, penal- on his, sorry, on his conversions and, and tellingly, one from two on the penalty goals and of course one of those penalty goals was uh, you know not an easy chance but late in the game definitely kickable ch- definitely kickable for, definitely kickable for Jamie Soward yeah. I mean like Benji Marshall you give you know you give him a pass on it all day every day but Jamie Soward he, he kicks those he, generally speaking he kicks those and uh, crucial miss in the end but that was another situation again like we had earlier in the season where the Dragons we're relying on, on Soward's trusty boot to get them a result, and it was all to no avail. Trusty in air quotes there, just for yeah. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, the, the one field goal they wanted him to kick, he missed. And now this goal... Fancy that. You know, this goal, he's, he's kicked those. Obviously, you know, he he knows his, his time's up at the Dragons, and, you know, he, we all know he's a mentally fragile individual. So um, it's it's no real surprise that he missed that kick. I got to um, I got as I we were talking about with Barber, he's really not uh, he's lucky not to be sitting out for an extended period of time for dropping the knees on Sour. But I've got to say he's st- slowly starting to find some of his best touch. He's um, he's you can just see he's got that bit of a look in his eye where he's starting to anticipate things more and um, 
yeah, I don't know whether that means that the Bulldogs are going to make some fantastic run yep. um, to, to close out the year or whether they've sort of, you know, he's still got some demons um, that he's got to deal with. But you can tell that there is a difference in Ben Barber this week, you know, these last couple of weeks compared to when he first came back. And yep. that's a, probably a fitness thing. It's a confidence thing and, and just being back around the club after having that time off. So, um, you know, and say what you want about him. He's... he's Fucking great to watch when he's when he's in form. I really enjoy watching him play football and um, just on the Dragons, they've been fairly active in the play market uh, for next season. Signing Gareth Widdop, uh, Joel Thompson. Yep. Um, you know some some good signings. Don't get me wrong, but if if Widdop doesn't bring the same form along, there's nothing to say that he's going to be the same player at the Dragons that he is at the Storm. He's got some. Very, very high-quality players around him at the Storm. He's grown up in that system, um, you know, from coming over from England. Yep. He's been through the ranks there. They've blooded him. Um, and Bellamy has a way of, of, you know, those young playmakers bringing them along and like you did with Cronk. Like slotting, no yeah, slotting him into a role-playing situation Yeah. where they, you know, they know exactly what they've got to do. He's going to have to go and be the creative guy at the Dragons. And, and you know, if you look back to the game of the Storm versus Manly a couple of weeks ago, it was left for him to be the creative guy because it just wasn't happening for the other guys. And it didn't end well. I mean, their slump, it hasn't it hasn't ended well. No. And so. I just, you know, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he's he's obviously built his reputation based on the on the back of the Storm structure and, and their, the way that they're coached. And, um, you know... If he doesn't bring all that to the table, how much there is there attack and a change really? It's still if Dugan stays, it's all still going to rest on him. Yeah, he is yeah. by far their biggest strike weapon and most dangerous attacking player at yep. fullback. Yep. Um, it's yeah, it's just one of the Dragons are going to be a very very different side in the next um, one to two seasons, and um, this whole Soward thing it's it's not auguring well for this year either. Yeah, and the funny thing is, you mentioned you know the the whole story about Widdop, you know, making his name in the structure of the Storm, blah blah blah. You know, it's going to be all on his shoulders, and you know, will he be able to do anything about it? It's almost like a parallel to to Adam Blair's story, isn't it? <laughs> and we know what happened there. Yes. So I mean, that's you know, that's that's beside the point for this game. But uh, this game was oh, the word that comes to mind is insufferable. I don't think, I don't think it was that bad. But um, we we're getting a lot of Vivazella calls and stuff like that over Twitter as well. So certainly, uh, the listeners, you know, agree with me to an extent that it was it was it was a difficult game to watch. And I'm not sure I can 100 percent put my finger on why, but it just the whole it, round of footy wasn't enjoyable. I, I thought the whole round of footy was difficult to watch. Yeah, and you know what? I don't I don't think that you can put a lot of the blame at it as like you know rep footy blame either. Well, there's been some shitty ass games this season already. Yeah. With, even with the rep with the rep players in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just a coincidence or something. Just the standard of play just dropped. Yeah. Seemed to drop. Because these, cause these two teams weren't massively affected by Origin football. Not massively. No. You know. No, you're right. In fact, none of the teams really that played this weekend. I don't think meant, I think any of the teams were like you know absolutely smashed with Origin players. You know, probably. Rabbitohs yeah. without English. Probably is, ra- yeah, probably like Rabbitohs in the yeah. Um Cowboys probably. Yeah, and Cowboys. Yeah, given that you know they their, their losses were certainly you know probably their you know first, second, third best players. Yeah, Cowboys are probably the biggest victims. But anyway, let's go to Twitter for this game. Rob Moore V One. I said, "Geez, the dogs packs good. Just gives the back so much time and room to work." Hash dominant. 
CA Photo 10. I never believed my mum when she said the wind will change and you look like that forever until I seen Steve Price. <laughs> uh, He's been on fire lately, I'll see a photo. Yes. Chapo the Creator. He's been a bit of a pest also. Yeah. Speaking of pests. Chapo the Creator. <laughs> Diving in with the legs must be a Queenslander tradition. Ash, fuck off Queensland. Agree 100%. Protected species. Um, CA Photo 10 comes back and says, Barber showing he's ready to fill Slater's shoes if required. Ash, lead with the knees. <laughs> Drew underscore Nathan 5. Ben Barber hoping that giving the cat in the hat some corks, it might harden him up. Hash, <laughs> knee dropper. Hash. Jesus Christ, that's a ridiculous hashtag. Player, a need player, CIH, so cat in hat. Player A, player A need player, CIH. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Alright. Okay. That, that, that hashtag's ridiculous, frankly. Uh, at FishDMC. David McDonald, the name of FishDMC, too. Another David McDonald. Yeah. Probably bull- a gronk as well. <laughs> and one that doesn't support the Bulldogs because his tweet says, uh, the Bulldogs are all grubs. Let's not single out one dickhead amongst many. Ash Barber in decline. That could be our Dave Mack that's just seen the light. It's like bizarro Dave Mack, though. It's like opposite <laughs> opposite Dave Mack. Truth-telling Dave Mack. CA Photo 10. Soward, 1,000 career points. And we should have mentioned that, too. Jamie Soward did eclipse the 1,000 career points. Who cares? Three tries, 52 goals, 884 field goals. <laughs> Zero smiles. <laughs> oh, that is the tweet of the century. Life of Ty. What the actual fuck? Call this Pashidic shambles off already. No one wants to sit through this shit. Ash Vivazella. Angry. Mr. Nielsen, 27. Congratulations, Jamie Soward. 1,000 points. 80% field goals? Question mark. Hashtags in decline. Got to run there too. What? CA photo 10 again. He was loving this. How do you tell, you, how do you tell if your team is poo? One. Is Soward in your team? Two. Does your coach have no chins? Three. Do your fans carry a lame GST sign? And that GST song, we've spoken about that before too. Yeah. Don't rate it. He's still trotting it out. Still, still, get rid of it. They're not even great anymore. Fuck's sake. Okay, uh, oh, Boner's back. Boner, 1978. Not only do Penrith... Everybody's favourite Boner. Everyone's favourite Boner. Well, my second favourite personally, but... (laughs) Not only do Penrith get a 5'8 that's struggling, but he's also a bad winger. Hash, 900 grand to play for the Wolves. Hash, Tigers and Soward in decline. (laughs) Cruzy is 6 This game between the Red Vuvuzelas and the Dogs of Boar is another example of why rep matches should be a standalone weekend. And as we said, I don't think this one especially was affected by rep footy that much. At Shane Aaron Elvis, I survived the Snorfest. Rest all over the place. Very interested by that scrum fee for the Dogs, though. And it escapes me what he's even talking about there. It's obviously an incident that was closer to his heart than mine. You know, it it light? tends to no. not make a lot of sense, and this is no different. Aussie 11198 Oh fuck Here we go Easy 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 I love this club But a lot of this team Should be fucking ashamed of themselves I can't look at that cunt's jaw anymore Ash Sack Price <laughs> He's Fire up son He's such a young kid He's God. so angry Yeah and, and he thinks that Spelling cunt with a K Makes it somehow Less like something It just you know, reminds like... me of myself When I was a young kid <laughs> So angry at the world. Dragons underscore Red V. In my shit football team. He's tweeted this one to Penrith Panthers as well. That was like being stabbed in the heart. I'm confident that next year the knife will be in someone else. Hash C-I-T-H. So there's more of this abbreviation thing. And uh, Aussie11198 brings up a point that we didn't actually bring up. What classless fucks Bulldogs fans are for throwing shit at players, even if it is at Soward, fucking scum of the earth. Hash cunts. And you saw as he was going for that penalty shot at the end of the game. Yeah. Someone did target him with a bottle. 
and I think that was a bit that that, that was a bit. Did wrong. it hit him? I don't think it hit him, did it? No, no, I, they, t- they targeted. Probably would have been him. a lot bigger story if it had. Yeah, it. yeah. Look, I'm no Jamie Soud fan. No, me neither. But um, I don't think anything like that is acceptable. I, I just, what do you get out of that? Well, really? Yeah. What happens if you hit the player? You do it and you hit the player. Like, what would you get? Say you got, you had a, you, I mean, you know, glass these days is a bit more difficult to, you know. But say you yeah. had, say you somehow you get like a, you had like a hand grenade, or, you know, like a, a half a beer or something like that, or a full beer. You threw a tin, hit a player in the head. Say Mick Crocker, for example, someone with a questionable chin that we've seen, knocks him <laughs> yeah, out cold. Knocked out by a football. Yeah, knocks him out cold. Yeah, I actually tweeted him about that you know, just a couple of days ago. He was arcing up about some shit on. He was arcing up about fucking. What was he arcing up about? What was Mick Crocker arcing up about? I don't follow. Some him. fucking stupid Queensland or South shit. And 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 so I said something like, you know, don't act like you're fucking hard. Everyone's seen you get knocked out by a football. <laughs> Did he reply? <laughs> of course not. Probably blocked me, cat. Anyway, life goes on. Just like Russell Packer probably blocked me too because I gave him a couple of choice ones last <laughs> night and this morning. Um, yeah, throwing stuff like that. I mean, but say you hit a player and knock him out cold, then what, what do you get then? I mean, you get charges, of course, but I mean, what do you get out of that? What's the fucking, what's the attraction? I, I don't know. What's I the asked you the question. You? Yeah, just, it's a rhetorical question. We just say, you fucking idiot. What do you get out of throwing shit at players? I mean, even, you know... Like I'll come close to get, I'll, I'll come close to throwing something at Matt and that Gold Coast game down at the Titans when he gave that penalty to fucking Campbell at the end. Your of body, of, your naked body, you probably have gone yeah. close to throwing that at Chechen just quite. Well, yeah. Well, I'm only human. Sexy man. <laughs> I'm only human. You can't referee, but you know. Um, yeah, bullshit, fucking, and ridiculous. And also, I noticed there was there was photographs of like flares. This flare shit, you know, it's all started. Yeah, you know, it's come out with like the, you know, the the Wanderers and stuff at the soccer. They seem to go crazy. Yeah, for but it. everyone, I mean, everyone's pinning it on the Wanderers and <sighs> they go crazy for it. Be fair. Yeah, they don't want a flare. I'm not saying they invented it. I mean, because let's face it, we've had fucking bad soccer shit back in the day, back in the old NSL competition and everything when the clubs were like still like Melbourne, Croatia, and fucking you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and like Campbelltown Taliban and stuff. <laughs> Campbelltown Taliban. What the fuck is that? Was the Fucking NSL when they were all like geographically associated <laughs> to particular areas. Yeah, you went Campbell. So what were you really called? Nah, Campbelltown Taliban. Yeah, Campbelltown. So what was the Western Suburbs team like back in the day? Fucking like a National Soccer League would have a Campbelltown. No, side. well, what was the like Western, Western Suburbs side called back in the day? No, they didn't have one. They didn't have one. Okay. It was Sydney Marconi? Yeah. The Sydney Olympic. Or the, Sydney Olympic. Melbourne Croatia. Melbourne Croatia. And there was there was a Yugoslav team in there somewhere. Yeah, who was that? I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, they, they, they used to, you know, used to be fucking flares, fight city, fucking crazy. All day. But, um, yeah. This yeah, flare shit. It's, it became a bit of a, not so much the sour thing, but the, the flare situation, it became a bit of a hate on soccer. Yeah. So like, you know. It's, it's more hate on flares for me. And then everyone was like, well, bro, you know, Bulldogs fans, this and Bulldogs fans. Like, fucking hell, just tar everyone with the same fucking brush and now well, no, you do that's exactly what you do exactly I mean, they're known for it it's known it's known it is known Bulldogs fans throw stuff at Jamie Soward and light flares yes right among maybe, other, was, it, maybe among, it was a Dragons fan that threw something at Jamie Soward did you ever think of that well the thing is no I mean, no, I've heard it was a Bulldogs fan um, well, I thought it was actually oh, I thought it was a Dragons who? fan Steve Price I thought it was a Dragons fan that actually did the flare thing but now it's like you know no 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 witnesses say it was a Bulldogs fan yeah, so yeah, witnesses in any case, you two teams, fucking get over yourselves. Um, GT351 underscore Johns. 
heart attack stuff. Spent the last 30 camped in our half. Glad to get the win. Graham was great, and Ottoman was great all night. He did have a good game. Good game. Man of the match. Yeah. Man of the match. Three Dalian points came from... Was it Brad Fittler, I think, that uh, was allocating? Oh, sorry, not Dalian points. The, um... Whatever you fucking call it. Three points for Ottoman. Finally, after all this time of championing the man, he's played some good games. Like, and he's he had has. games where people have leapt up and gone, wow, what a fucking great hit from the Ottoman. Got a try or yeah, made a massive yeah. tackle. Yeah, exactly. You know, often for the tackles and, you know, the, the big hits. But great to see him get his opportunity. And, um, yeah, man of the match. And I don't know if, to be honest, I don't know if it was really deserved, actually, for this game. I think, you know, Graham, you know, possibly, you know, might have been a better option. But... Still good. Um, and uh, and B, B underscore Q star uh, came out the same thing. Joel, he said Joel Romeo. Okay. Joel Romeo, M-O-M, what an effort, hash revelation. And Shane Aaron Elvis said, I haven't seen an... <laughs> this is referring to the Jamie Soward goal at the end. I haven't seen an Aussie choke that badly since Michael Hutchins. <laughs> I can't believe you just read that out. <laughs> The sooner we move on that's from that, the better. That's fucking appalling. Oh, new sensation. South Sydney Raiders 25 defeated the Newcastle Knights 18 at ANZ. Uh, dismal crowd of under 14,000. Rabbitohs, their 25 points came from tries to John Sutton, Bo Champion, George Burgess and Dylan Walker. Adam Reynolds got himself a field goal as well as 100% from the boot, four from four conversions. The Newcastle Knights, 18 points came from tries to Alex McKinnon, Josh Mantellato, James McManus, and Josh Mantellato got three from three goals in a magnificent debut. Eye-catching debut. Well, cult status. Straight up. Bit of Twitter. Twitter would lead me to believe yes. He, um... Fucking can kick. <laughs> can he? Curled him in from either side of the from either sideline. What's the point of what's the what's the point of even bringing Gidley back ever? <laughs> Quite frankly, they've got a kicker now. Exactly. What what does Gidley bring to the team that uh, young fella on the wing whose name I can't pronounce? Well, I mean Gidley can't kick stuff from from the the bench with his foot. Well, yeah. Period. But from the bench especially. Well, that does make it difficult. Where's he going to put the tee? You sit it on the bench, under the bench, in front of the bench, behind it, to the side of it. Yeah. There's always that pesky fucking bench in the way. Yeah. Gidley. Anyway, that's another topic. George Burgess in this game. Fucking beast. Sensational. That try scored. Holy Jesus. One of the few one of the few players in my supercoach side that actually played the twing, and I think I had three or four. And uh I captained him, so I was glad he did a fantastic job. He, he just the way he b- broke the line. Then overpowered one defender, and just as he'd done that, he palmed off the last guy and then yeah. strolled over. Fucking impressive effort. Man, he's had a fucking fantastic season. He really has, and like. um, it's it's a credit to his conditioning. Um, you know, he he obviously uh, fuck Maguire obviously wanted him to to play, you know, solid minutes. Yeah. Um, and get the most out of his frame and and his ability in the, in the time that he was on the field in in whatever burst it might have been. And he he's obviously worked very heavily on his strength and his conditioning, and it really shows because he's he's fast. He's he's by far the biggest of all the Burgess boys. Yep. Yeah. Um. And he's fast. He's got reasonable footwork for a guy that size. Yep. Uh. Good fend and and his work rate's 
very high. I mean, you compare him to someone like Dave Taylor. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're always going to look great compared to Dave Taylor. <laughs> compared to the work rate of like Adam Blair. <laughs> uh, he's like tenfold. But the thing is, I mean, I've, you know, imagine what, you know, it, it seems like each Burgess is better than is better than, than the last. last. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine the one that, you know, that, that Mama Burgess is, is, uh, is incubating at the moment for Russie. I know. She'd be like... <laughs> It's gonna be, be anything. Super. It's gonna be like like Incredible Hulk. Just cut out the middleman and just call it uh, Dally. <laughs> Settle down. Let's not go that far. <laughs> For all the bleeding about not getting players in Origin, and there has been a fuckload of bleeding from South, but um, I think you know their ultimate goal is to erase forty odd years of of Premiership drought, right? You'd and think so, wouldn't you? Who who cares if they get players in Origin or? Because I think, you know, or if the only player they get in Origin is Greg Inglis, yep. he's the type of guy that is going to come back and play better. Yeah. If but you get guys that haven't played Origin before, they get in there, they get overwhelmed by the by the occasion. Burn out um, or something. Yeah, yeah, they cop, you know, three humiliating defeats for New South Wales, come back Unlikely. to their club. There's nothing to say that they're going to finish the year in the same sort of form in which they went into the origin period no, as. No, that's right. Whereas Greg Inglis, regardless of how the series goes, he's going to get, given his experience and his ability, he's going to get a lot out of being around those players, being in camp, all the rest of it. He gets through injury-free, he's going to come back better. So if he's the only player out of their squad that makes it, and then while other teams might have players out, they've still got Merritt, Sutton and Reynolds running around, guys that were yeah. touted as making the squad, that can only help them. And the better they come through the origin period, then Inglis comes back in rejuvenated after being part of a successful origin series. Unlikely. Um, and they make a run towards the back end of the season and try and, you know, go into the finals with a hell of a lot of momentum. Surely that's got to be the better option. You'd think so. I mean, like, Manly... Who cares if, you make, if they make origin? Almost every Manly fan I know don't really care about Origin as much as they're like as long as their players get through our players get through healthy or even better not get selected Premiership's far more important that's a, that's a successful club you know that, that's a successful club mentality South have been you know collecting spoons like you know fucking ridiculously and you know having shit seasons for years and years and years and years and, you, and now they've got a little bit of a you know a decent side and a taste of success they're up the top end of the table but no, they're still more concerned about fucking players getting into st- New South Wales state of origin side. When the I mean, Magpies two- are around, yeah. Like obviously, didn't get a lot of Rip, representative honours. Yeah. Okay, you know, players like Darren Britt, yep, played prop for West, yep. When he went to Canterbury, became an Origin player, yep, and, and a very highly touted one at that, yep. I took that as a little bit of a win for the Magpies. <laughs> this is how you know. This is the sort of. You take, representative you take it any way you can yeah, yeah that's it um Bob Linder yeah one of my favourite players when he come to the Magpies yeah absolute workhorse yeah played for Queensland brought a tear to my <laughs> absolute tear to my he'd already done all the hard work at Parramatta don't get me wrong and he was already a representative player yeah, there yeah, yeah. come to Western Suburbs I was like oh look at it taught him everything he knows <laughs> everything he knows um, so I get that there's probably a novelty, but fuck, they've had some representative players over time. Yeah, and you know, and they've be- got you know two guys in camp with Queensland. They've got fucking international burge eyes coming out of their assholes. They've got yeah. fucking Asatasi. They have got Isaac Luke internationals for New Zealand. 
they got Just Michael focus, Crocker, who's you know, on the price. who's barely out of Queensland, played for yeah. Australia. I mean, they're fucking loaded with reps, international players that aren't eligible for Origin, plus ex-Origin players, plus exactly. you know, fucking just settle the fuck down. Um, this game, I mean, uh, interesting. The Newcastle Knights, so they went out to a twelve-nil lead, pegged out by halftime, and um, capitulate in the second half. Yeah, they started well and showed glimpses of their of their best touches, but South just kept kept the game plan up, kept rolling through the middle, and um, Luke started find his groove, took him a little little bit. Um, Reynolds got his kicking game going and, and got the guys um, coming through the middle nicely and just overwhelmed the Knights in the end. They had yeah. no real answer to to South once they got their roll on, and they they closed out a pretty impressive victory. Um, you know, this is, is a pretty important time in South season. Um, they've answered a lot of questions already, but um, coming through the origin period unscathed and, and trying to, you know, turn into the home stretch with a, a fair bit of momentum is key for them. And, and, you know, performances like this are only going to help. Yep. Now, uh, Big Dan, 1985, first tweet sent it to ABC Grandstand. Hey, ABC Grandstand, it's Robbie Rochow. Get it right. <laughs> I love it. Drew underscore Nathan five. I don't know who this this, this mantelato is, but I have a feeling ladies would like to get into his pantalatos. <laughs> JR underscore buff. Fuck Souths. Fuck the refs. Fuck the pride of the league. Wow. Nice fan. In fact, Drew Nathan, he went there with his daughters, one of whom I think is a turncloak um, family trader and mm. he's a South supporter. He bought a flag and everything there. Yeah. Apparently, South see, fans see, were so this is bad the thing there. that we do when your kids are like that. Yeah, apparently, the South fans were so bad at the um, at the game. They scared his kids. Yeah, and uh, and they left, you know, not long after half time, I think. So, yeah, not good. Not cool, South fans. Quite but... frankly, these are, these are children that have him as a father I mean they're accustomed to being fairly fucking scared and seeing some pretty horrible things yeah namely him well yeah and the South fans even out did that yeah I can't say enough he's very unattractive <laughs> very right. like he could haunt houses in his spare time and mate, his kids see that every day mate you sometimes would... at night when he reads them a story and stuff they're fucking the kids are beside themselves that terrified South fans outdid that. You've got to say, I've got to, I've got to say how incorrect you are. I mean, because you know, you know that, you know that bitches be throwing, throwing Snapchat, fucking. Yeah, you got me. Throwing nudes on him and Snapchat. It's his twin brother that's fucking ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Shane at Shane Aaron Elvis. This is a South fan. Let's be fair. He's like a you know a recently assimilated South fan come over from England. Yeah. Uh, much so like we know the He said, um, he, what's his name? Shane Aaron Elvis Burgess oh, Burgess <laughs> yeah, yeah Shane Burgess uh, Elvis Burgess <laughs> Shane Shane Shane. <laughs> surely they've got a, surely there's got to be an Elvis Burgess somewhere Shane Aaron and Elvis Burgess the three, the three of them run this one Twitter account said um, on behalf of all South Sydney Rabbitohs I would like to thank the New South Wales Rugby League for returning our Sutton but why isn't Willie Mason in origin, and he's put Willie Mason's uh, handle in there. Yeah, because he's a nut hugger. Um, and he's gone. I've he's got got, he, supplementally tweeted before we go in there. He's also said, "Honest opinion: Willie Mason has more mongrel than Bird and Tamau, who offers very little." Now, please continue. Uh, I would have had Willie Mason in my New South Wales Origin side if I was picking it. Yeah, he was close to mine. I don't know if I would have had him in there, but you know, he, was, he would have been under consideration for sure. 
He's just he's got a toughness. He's got a, a way to to lift his teammates and. But he's Fuck, also he's playing got, good footy. But he's also got the line that the line break and you know twenty five meter bust without a supporting player get tackled, knock the ball on into play the ball or just drop it cold. You know when he meets the the last line of defence, or he's got a dumb fucking penalty in him for just for, just for being a fucking muggle air as well. Mm. He's got that in him as well. So yeah, basically what. And that's why Tamau or Greg Bird. Got I, don't, I, I don't think I mean, Tamau has cut that out of his game after the time he, he fucking king hit old mate. <laughs> and Bird, you know, I imagine all the police scrutiny after he, after the issue with his girlfriend. Yeah, you know, probably put a stop to that. <laughs> he's still he's still got a lot of niggle, Bird. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, niggle. But I mean, like Bird's not he's not like a a penalty conceding machine either. Though. My point was, I like Willie Mason more than Greg Bird. Yeah. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment. And he's playing good footy. I think he deserved to be picked. And like, I, I love, I love the people that um that that when they're saying something super complimentary about a player, how they'll throw their handle in there. Yeah. And like, you know, it's not like they're doing a tweet to the player, like you know, hey, at whatever, you know, you're terrific. You know, you played a great game. Oh, no, it's more nuts. like it's like I'm just throwing out there this opinion of mine that I want everyone to see, isn't. Yeah insert player's Twitter handle fucking guide you know and, and has, has the most d- delightfully fucking smooth balls to run my tongue along <laughs> <laughs> he took that too far just saying and I'm not saying that that's what Shane Aaron Elvis did in these, tw- in these but I'm two- saying it's potentially what he would like to do <laughs> and, uh, but it's exactly exactly what he did finally at make me a sandwich why can't you let the Knights take your dog for a walk because they can't hold the lead. Oh, Try the veal. Great tweet, Samage. Next, the Gold Coast Titans, 31. Continued the decline of the North Queensland Cowboys, 12 at Skilled Park. Official crowd, 12,790. Or bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And uh, the points went as follows 31 points to Titans uh, double to William Zillman who got a fucking monumental super coach score one of the highest ever I think he got like something I don't know what it got revised to before the lockout ended but I think straight after the game he was like sitting on like 148 or something fuck me dead you captain that dude fucking <laughs> unfucking believable one of the one of the, the best ever uh, super coach performances I believe uh, Mark Minicelli got a try Albert Kelly got a double uh, Caesar got a field goal and 5 from 5 conversions playing the Cowboys 12 which had uh, tries to uh, Winterstein Ash Graham Ethan Lowe and conversions they just couldn't get it done uh, 0 from 2 from Louie and 0 from 1 attempt from Michael Morgan yeah nice are well and truly out for Neil Henry um, and rightfully so I think the Cowboys are probably hindered as much by their lack of confidence at the moment as they are by the weight of expectations um, they went into the season with you know um, a lot of raps and it's like everyone believed they were contenders but them and they just don't seem to to think that they belong in that uh, upper upper echelon of the NRL at the moment and um, they're just you know the Gold Coast will be without some players as well yeah and and like key fucking like strong players yeah. you know that are keeping the younger guys together and you know when you look at the history of Albert Kelly's career um, and, and consider the fact that he he really led the way brilliantly against a team that was highly touted this season yep. um, and it was well supported by Aiden Caesar they probably they'd have to be close to the youngest half combination in the comp yep. um, and they completely dominated them and um, their combination is really starting to fire and it's a credit to them but the Cowboys had more than enough experience in their side to, to handle the Titans and um, 
in the end they got thumped. The problem is with a one player team, when you take that one player out of the team, you're left with fucking rabble. Yeah, but they took Scott out of the team as well, and their forwards didn't seem to want to go forward. Yeah. Um, and then in attack, they just had that same sweep, you know, second man, didn't even really take the other options to that play um, enough to, to make the ti- make the Titans m- have to make rush decisions, etc., which yeah, might yeah. have led to points, you know. They, they just kept going the second man play um, out the back, and they, they handled it really well. So... Um, yeah, troubled times for the Cowboys. They're they're running out of time to to put something together. A couple more losses and they're, they're gone. They could be I mean, done. You'd, you'd like to you'd, you'd like to put a line through this Origin period for them, and so they're not going to really accumulate too many Premiership points. Yeah, exactly. That and time. when you consider the Tigers' winning streak that they're about to embark on, I mean, the, the Cowboys are going to be toast. At what point do you fucking stop? The, is it round twenty? Is literally is it like round twenty six when you stop talking about the the the, the run they're going to go on? Is that when you yep. stop? Yep. What do I say? About then. Let's say round twenty. I mean, you're still going to say, well, oh, they'll finish up with six in a row or something. Yep. Yep. Okay. See, the saddest part is, Nathan, is that I actually honestly believe that that's going to happen. It's like in games when they're 18 points down and there's seven minutes left. I'm like, yeah, three tries in seven minutes, we got it. (laughs) But with you playing the game. Sorry? With you playing the game. Oh, you're talking about watching the game situation? No, watching watching actual games. In 2013? Yeah. Not 2005 or 2000. No, no, we got this. This is what I honestly, things that go on in my head. This is a classic example. Any children listening, you know the demographic we were talking about, you know how we had young children and we don't, you know, they listen to swearing, stuff like that. Kids, say no to fucking bourbon and cokes. (laughs) This, this is your brain on (laughs) on bourbon and And the team will run out, they'll run out to like, you know, 18 nil after like three minutes. Yeah. I'll be like, wow, we got this. Yeah, well, yeah, after three minutes. And it'll be like 40, 40 nil and you'll go, it's, okay. it's still good. It's still 25 minutes. We, we can probably do this. <laughs> Imagine the headlines tomorrow when we pull this the, off. You, you can't. You can't argue with the fucking uh, commitment and, uh, and optimism. Bacon, though. You can't. You can't. Cruzy zero six. Tamalolo has proven once again that the fat touchy is and always will be a myth. Hash overgrown speed hump. Taylor had his best game of the season by far, though. Exactly. I mean, like, yeah, Tamalolo did get him early, but um, yeah, we went a bit early on that tweet uh, at. At Mad Cow's Disease. Hash now playing Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. <laughs> Great tweet. At Kerim Quran. Half time and there are more kids on the field than people in the stands. If they say there's more than 6,000, they're lying. Hash shit fans. Wow. At Mup23. Louis surprisingly Speaking rusty with the boot. Yes. Louis surprisingly rusty with the boot. At uh, Hammers. H4MMERZ. The irony of a Louis kick hooking across the face of goal. Yeah. Hash, shit cunt. At Mup23. This this is when he... These, it's tweets like this next one where I'm positive that he's going to win the Gronk of the Year this year. I think it's it's almost like stop the fight stage. <laughs> Just watch some tape from 92-93. Michael Jordan truly was the Albert Kelly of basketball. Hash, real talk. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like I so like, overtly... I like the little niche that he's carved for himself. Yeah, and the the thing I like about it, as I mean, in it's, it's the pretty... complete retard of this yeah, weekend league. It's pretty. I mean, they're pretty funny, but also, um, you know, previous winners of the Gronk Award have been because they've just they've just gone mental at times. Yeah. You know, when their team lost or they got a bad, they they just went ballistic on stuff. You know, all caps and everything. Mup just just talks really really stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, Chapo the Creator. <laughs> and then tries to pass it off as Ash Real Talk. As Real Talk, yeah. <laughs> At Chapo the Creator. Albert Kelly is the new Chicka Ferguson. Hash Truth. Karma is a bitch at North Queensland Cowboys. 
you domestic violence enablers have shit guns. And I, I know Chapo's definitely got to be blocked by the Cowboys by now because I am. You he's I mean? part of the EBC, is he? EBC, I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's EBC for life. Um, because <laughs> you don't tend to get unblocked. Although I heard he only got blocked by Weedler today, which is pretty funny because Weedler blocked me after one tweet like a year ago. Or more. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. I don't even think it was that bad. <sighs> no one blocks me. I'm so polite and nice. Not At Cruzy06. I wasn't fussed on who won, but karma for the cows with the Louis debacle. Hash fuckface. Uh, at Karim Karan. So against the second string Cowboys side, this D Taylor kid dominates. Keep this up and he could turn into a fringe first grader. <laughs> at Mup23. Here we go again. That's the top five sorted for 2013. The order might change a little, but there's a big gap growing between the haves and have-nots. Says the guy who supports a team three points behind the breakaway pack on the, on the competition table. Ah, Pops. In the house. The North Queensland Cowboys, he tweeted this to the Cowboys, the at North Queensland Cowboys will not make the top eight as long as Henry is in charge and continues to pick Glenn Hall over Talma Lolo. Hash flogger. Wow. How dare you slander the good name of Premiership winning manly legend Glenn Hall the rig. Um, this Henry thing though... He's probably three years past his best. Oh, well, you know, I mean, manly, don't, manly don't release any players that they want to keep. They don't. That, their players don't go that they want to keep. So, you know, he was left, he was left to go to England for a reason. But um, the thing is, the Cowboys, they do have that look about them the last two weeks of a side that's decided that, you know, the coach has to go for whatever reason it's not working and they need to get rid of their coach. So I guess we'll see. I mean, the clock's definitely ticking for old Henry. And I mean, such a highly a highly uh, regarded coach. Mm. And he's, you know, he's not without, you know, without good results, but he, he hasn't certainly delivered what the Cowboys uh, certainly want. Um, if, if a team can get rid of Tim Sheens, they can get rid of Neil Henry. Tim Sheens, you know, let's face it, you know, he was got rid of from the Cowboys as well, and they were fucking more spoons more often than not. So it's not like Tim Sheens any great shakes as a coach. And what did he do at the Tigers? Jagged, jagged, jagged one. Like the def, the very definition of fucking jagging one. Like lucky. I mean, it was like Parramatta two thousand and nine if they hadn't oh, gone all the way. God. Totally jagged it, and then the rest of it, you could barely get him into the finals again. And when he did, he got he got the ass. Okay, mate. Can we move on now? Okay. Beer Boy 182. How's Robert Louis missed all these goals when he's had so much practice kicking things the same shape and size? Hash scum at North Queensland Cowboys. Good job, boys. Uh, at Evil Conspiracy. I just heard the commentators call Dave Taylor a tackling machine. Hash things you never expected to hear. Wow. Ben Skinner. I'm sure Robert Louis would not have had a problem if he was kicking his misses into touch. At North Queensland Cowboys, they're, they're sending them to the Cowboys account too, which I fucking love. Uh, Toto TV, the Titans surely win for most mascots at a game. I counted seven different ones, and that didn't include that Muppet Dave Taylor. Um, Cowboys have a lot, eh? They have what are the, what the fucking cow? Yeah, and they have Bluey, the guy dressed up in the yeah. dog suit that pretended to piss on my head when I was there yelling out to Benji and Tanyolo Tuaki, and I was, you know. Drunk. Pretty rowdy, drunk. and drunk. the dog came over and pointed at me and made a throat slitting gesture. I would have jumped the fence and yeah. fucking plowed. <laughs> I would have come over to me again and told me, like you know, put his finger up to his lips, telling me to shh. Were you the only tiger supporter in that crowd? Pretty much. Okay, fair enough. There man. was a few. I mean, but as in my general area, none. I reckon I was probably one of about three in the entire fucking bay. Okay, so fair enough. You were targeted then. Hammered me. And then climbed the fence, climbed into the crowd, and walked up behind me, and then pretended to cock his leg on me. 
like a dog. You know? See, when they do that, that's when that's when you just unleash an uppercut to the balls as hard as you can. <laughs> well, you know, it's all been good fun. Jeez. <laughs> fucking, fucking disrespectful cunt. <laughs> pull, pull their head off and just scare the kids. <laughs> so anyway, your point was, that was three you announced. And that was three you named. How many more? I mean, you've got to beat seven. I mean, like, the Titans have got the, the giant fat one, the Dave Taylor gladiator Titan. <laughs> they got the normal Titan. They got the 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 house, the coral homes that look like SpongeBob. Yep. They got a, a hog's breath pig. Fucking hell. Fucking what else have they got? I can't remember all the Cowboys ones. Just they had a giraffe. Bit... They had this big tall giraffe. Who was he plugging? It was like a dude, you know, and the head was probably around the chest of the giraffe, and then he had the big extension. No, no that was Jamal Idris, mate. Okay. No, but he was going around the sidelines, though. I'm pretty sure he wasn't playing. Yeah, it was Jamal Idris. That's five. Oh, I can't think of the... for pies. Who are the other two to be seven? I can't remember who the other two are. Anyway. Broncos used to have a lot. They used to have that one like it looked like a baked bean with a cowboy hat. <laughs> I think it was a kidney bean. Oh, okay. <laughs> a kidney bean. <laughs> I think it was a football. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Plus they had the horses and everything before they, they put off fucking... Uh, what was old, what's old mate's name? Buck. Put him into fucking... <laughs> sent him over to Clag. Got a new buck. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like the old buck. Where'd he go? <laughs> to the farm. Where's the farm? Next door to the glue factory. <laughs> Right between the glue factory and the dog feed factory. Yeah. yeah in, in, the Pal, in the Pal district. Took a couple of boys, um, the guys that normally go to the footy, with couldn't make um, last night's game, and, and I took a couple of the boys from work, and um, one of them, he's actually from Melbourne, he's a massive AFL fan, um, likes likes footy, but yep. um, he's sitting there and he's like, and they trot Buck out before the game. Yep. He's like, this fucking horse. <laughs> God damn, he goes, oh, I've never seen something so fucking annoying at a sporting event in all my life. <laughs> what the fuck is the point of this horse? <laughs> I know the Broncos didn't score many points, but they when the buck came out again, he just put his head in his hands like, this fucking horse again. It's like <laughs> The horse really offended him just like, by being around. It's like, he was like borderline. If you had had a spare crossbow... <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> we'd have been looking for a spare buck. That's funny. Um, at... Hammers uh, said, uh, "Brave win for the brave win by the Titans, missing their entire back row, but not getting carried away. The Cowgirls are in decline massively." Yes, can't disagree with that. All right, let's move on to Monday night foot bitch and the New Zealand Warriors fifty-six defeated the Brisbane Broncos eighteen at home, Suncorp Stadium in front of twenty-one thousand two hundred fifty-nine fucking masochists. Um, the game was over by half time well and truly after being tied early and uh, where are we the points the Warriors double to the beast Manu Vatavai double to the fish Glenn Fisiahi double to Conrad Harrell double Thomas Lillewai Russell Packer pissed over for one and Kevin Locke got one as well Sean Johnson six goals from nine attempts uh, and also a single penalty goal taking on the Broncos 18 points which was uh, tries to Hoffman Glenn Scott Prince two from three conversions Scott Prince one from one penalty goals to Scott Prince yeah they just dominated him from the outset and it was pretty sad I love was, this game I fucking love this game the crowd was fucking silent yeah I, they scored pretty pretty much straight up and that took the wind out of their sails and they put another one on and they had another one disallowed. They dropped the ball or something. And you just got a feeling that that was the way the night was going to be. And the the crowd just went silent. They left with 15 to go, at least. Yeah. Um, Standard losing Broncos game statistics you're reading off here, They filed out. It was very sad to see. 
Um, I really thought this was a game where Prince and Wallace might have led the way and and you know take control for some of the younger blokes in the teams, especially the forward pack. Try and direct them around the park a little bit, get them going. It's one thing young blokes know is how to run straight and hard. Yep. And experienced halves, um, you know, especially with Wallace who played at hooker, they had a host of positional changes before the game, which didn't help. Princey didn't have a good game. I thought Wallace defensively tried really hard, but that extra workload in the centre of the field really took it out of him. Um, and I think it took some of the impetus out of his attack as well. Not that that's ever, you know, sparkling, but he's a solid footballer um, and he was expected to do a lot of that defence. And the Warriors really rolled through the middle really well with their big forwards and, and you know, off the back of that, fucking Locke and Lulawai and Johnson and Mateo and... Jesus, they just seen they were just carving holes through them at will. And some of the tries they scored, it was like the Warriors of 2011 or even... Um, no, it was more know. like the like earlier, like, you know, it was, you know yeah. the, the real Rocks and Diamonds when, year when they just torch people. Ali, and, Lau, yeah, and those yeah, sort of blokes. Yeah. Efeka Paliasina. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Effective. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring out old names and to pass it a lot of sound off. <laughs> She stopped me. I thought, you were, I thought you were starting to swear at me or something. Uh, good time. Dare you call me ineffective? Got, got a, got, got a, yeah, Mr. Effective got a, got possessed by fucking Dale Husband or something. <laughs> me dead. Where did you go to school? <laughs> Tell me. Uh, I need to know. <laughs> Tell me where all every single player, one through seventeen, where they went to school, and the coach. And the 18th man and the opposition who were Kiwis. I think, you know, with the young blokes like Haller and, and Dynamis Louie in the squad, the Broncos probably played their, their biggest pack of the year. Um, Josh McGuire was in there. Um, not that they have, you know, the, the hugest pack at, at the best of times, but this was probably, if they, there was the biggest boppers that they can um, draw on. There's also another couple of decent-sized forwards whose names fucking escape me. That's how <laughs> big a names are. Um, but even there, the, they were just completely outmuscled by the Warriors through the forwards. And um, the Warriors did a really good job, and I- illegally in a lot of sense, but um, they got a lot of leeway in the ruck and, and held the play, slowed the play to ball down, um, which played into their own hands, obviously, um, with their forwards. Mateo Locke and, and Johnson in particular just had a field day and, and Lulawai and they were just almost falling over him, so, over themselves to to call plays through the middle and, and then get it to the fringes and yep. fuck it, they just run ring That's around like the Broncos had no like it's, they completely lost confidence in their defensive structures and there was all the you know the they, they set a record for, for team positional lineup changes mm. in the lead up to a game ever um and I just, I just, I don't understand what fucking Hook was thinking, to be perfectly honest, because it wasn't like they were that depleted from origin. This is not a Broncos side like Broncos sides traditionally have been in origin time. Traditionally, the Broncos sides would lose like three or four backs and a couple of forwards without fail, six players minimum, and up to like, you know, eight or nine, you know, some years. But now, what did they lose? They lost Hodges, barely there anyway. Well, he's, this season especially. Yeah, this season especially, and last season as well. He's barely there anyway, so you can't say that you know he's like a fucking massive linchpin of their operation. Corey Parker, once again, 
he was benchy Marshall style for the first, you know, half dozen rounds. Sure. Um, you know, and he's only just recently started to, you know, get the minutes and, you know, the responsibility and stuff like that on the field. Gillett? Gillett? Whatever the fuck they call him now. Gillette? <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, but he's he's kind of been found out a little bit at times this year. Sure. So once again, not a gigantic fucking loss. Who's the other one? I lost it. Thiday? Thiday. Of course. Thiday. The captain, he's probably the, he's the only, like, I think, you know, real legit loss, in my opinion. Yeah. But even there's arguments can be made about, you know, his deficiencies as captain and stuff as well. And it's injured, right? Yeah. So it's not, the, it's not like, the, it's not like the days where you'd lose, like, you know, your Darren Lockyer, or your Alan Langer, plus like, you know, guys like Petro and fucking Webke and yeah. like, you know, solid representative Australian players that are still thought of amongst the best in their positions ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So exactly. that excuse ain't gonna fly. And to the Broncos fans' credits, not too many of them were, um, you know, trotting it out, which is good. Well, they were completely humbled. <laughs> old country way, new country. Old country, way. new country. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, this this is the thing. I had a discussion with someone on Twitter uh, Monday morning, and they're like, "You're not seriously tipping the Warriors?" And I'm like, "Well, look, honestly, I don't remember if I tipped them or not." But as I have, as we're having this discussion, I'm kind of it is actually convincing me to tip them one origin factor two the propensity for Monday night football to result in an upset and uh, those two points align really and uh, what do you get bam I mean let's face it the Broncos last year that game we went to with, uh, with Risby and that you know they yeah they got flogged by Parramatta at home on a Monday night <laughs> that's going to happen to you fucking Warriors or gimme NJBT. And, and Parramatta looked much like the Warriors did last night. Yeah, yeah, it was a very similar style of game, Just wasn't it? Except for this one didn't have the Broncos fight back in it. I mean, in, That's the, right. in that Parramatta game, after half time, the Broncos scored a lot of points and got right up close to them again before they pulled away to at death. But yeah, uh, NJBT. Enter the We Are Origin Depleted excuse. Ash, it's not 1999. Erebus Chaos. I never expected us to win this with all the Origin guys out, but fuck me, it's the bloody Warriors. <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle, whose birthday it was, I believe, yesterday. So, uh, happy birthday. Warriors putting hash tigers in decline again. Yeah, well, it does render us last, yeah. Yeah. Garbs, 1985. Broncos are playing the role of the Tigers tonight. Hash tigers in decline. <laughs> Benny, 2-7. These young Broncos look like they're playing a team of priests because they're getting fucked big time. Hash, George Pell. <laughs> Yeah, he went there, and then then, wow. then he started getting people going. Oh my god, that's the best tweet ever! So, I had to read that out. I mean, Benny, you know, you need to, you know, consistency in your game, son. Jar TV, dear Broncos, you've lost a forward and a centre. Origin is no longer an excuse for you. Hash Broncos in decline. Jr underscore Buff, I think the Brisbane Broncos hash rally towel sign must be broken. Hash, let's go on Warriors. <laughs> let's talk about the sign. Sensational. Everyone's seen the sign. Frankly, I saw it at the game. And I thought, there's another fucking reference I don't get. Yeah. Well, it went, it, it, it actually um, was tweeted out as well by the, the Warriors account. And they're kind of like, uh, like, thanks, I guess. Or, you know, like, thanks, question mark. <laughs> so even though, like, oh, what's, this got, what's going on here? But uh, yeah, it sort of went viral, as did Russell Packer. I mean, we spoke about it at the top of the show, so I don't yeah. know how much more we need to go into it. But what a filthy, dirty fucking animal. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say. 
and his apology was like, oh, you know, I'd like to apologise to you and your family, you know, so we can all move past this. It was real fucking sarcastic. If you're offended if by you're my aff- accident. Yeah, but my... Not a fucking accident. So, this is the thing. I'll tell you what an accident is, Nathan. Sometimes when you wake up and you've had a, you know, a, a, a bad dream, and you wake up and you want to shit yourself in bed, that's an accident. There's a story there, clearly. I'm just, I'm just saying, that's an accident. When you're standing on your field, hands on hips, looking into a camera... And all of a sudden, you've got a golden shower happening. Yeah. When you've had an opportunity to take a piss. That's right. Not long before that. I mean, because, like, let's face it, you know, you know we, we've been around this earth over 30 years, and I know when I need to take a piss, <laughs> and I don't have one minute's warning about it. Usually, you've got, like, you know, an hour's warning where you could go, like, you know, if you're not in a movie, and you go, oh, I could take a piss now, I'm not doing nothing, I'll go take a piss. Or it could be, like, you know... That you get that feeling but you're in a movie or something so you know an hour later you're kind of like I could I'd need to piss probably you know reasonably quickly yeah. then you've got that extra buffer period where it's like I have to piss right now or else, you know you're getting the, you get the shakes like I, I got piss right now or else I'm going to piss myself on national television <laughs> now Russell Packer I don't believe I don't believe A he was at that point when he pissed himself <laughs> But B, I don't. I'm, I'm positive. Did you assess had, that by the stream? I think he. I think he had ample opportunity to take the a piss. The look on his leader. face. He didn't have that look on his face, or it looked like it was hurting. The look on his face was. I can defiance. See the, it was I can an see, act of defiance. I can see the camera, and he's like, "I fucking dare you to put this on television. I dare you to fucking switch to camera four. I dare you." <laughs> and they did, and then yeah, the rest is history. So. Yes. <laughs> um, what have we got here? Uh, John zero seven zero. My Broncos always do it tough this time of year because a bunch of them are busy hash winning, hash origin, hash games, and hash series. Hash, set all the fuck down. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. This game had it all. Razzle dazzle, players pissing themselves with excitement. All up, a big win for the Let's Go On Warriors. He <laughs> put it all into one tweet. That was absolutely perfect, perfect example of, of a you know, all encapsulated tweet. Chapo the creator. With that win by the Warriors, the Tigers are still last on the table. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Let's Go On Warriors. That guy's going down in history for that sign. Uh, GT351 he said in honour of the best sign ever this is a great idea actually well you know not really but yeah in honour of the best sign ever the Warriors should present the owner of that sign with Russell Packer's game shorts signed by the team oh. <laughs> in yellow pen that's fucking disgusting what I want to I want to talk to like a Broncos player that lined up and said did you see him do that did you know he did it and you know how fucking disgusting was that to fucking give him? Wrapped around the legs. Classic tackle. <laughs> Cruzy zero C. Oh, sorry. No, we've got Jar TV again. He said, uh, Glenn equals state trader. Glenn equals hash Tigers in decline. Glenn equals hash Broncos in decline. Warriors winning tonight. Move Tigers to last. He is cursed. So you are cursed, Glenn. Wow. Cruzy zero six. I thought of it like that. Yeah. Cruzy zero six. I can cop the flogging, but I can't cop players joking and laughing after getting flogged. Hash, no respect for the jersey. And that's an excellent point from Cruzy as well. There was a bit of that going on after the games. And I understand that, you know, it's a professional sport these days and the players don't hate each other and, you know, they're often, you know, they've played together in rep teams and blah, blah, blah. Surely there together. has to be an ounce of competitive <sighs> will or spirit in them. This sort of thing happened back in the days when Ben Walker would play for the Northern Eagles and stuff before Manly got the licence back in there and right. And it used to absolutely fucking infuriate me when you see these players, you know, high-fiving the opposition after the game and having a bit of a joke. Say, motherfucker, you just got fucking 50 put on you. 
the yeah. fuck is there to smile about? I'd call me old-fashioned, but fuck, mate, have a bit of pride in your jersey, especially the, you know, especially the Broncos. When I was playing at school, I wouldn't care if you got flogged or not. Lose by a field goal, fucking filthy about it for yeah. like, you know, for the rest of the weekend. It's ridiculous, you know. This yeah, it's and it's something I, I discussed with um, the lady that sits next to me. You know, she, she was saying the Broncos don't have that player that all the young kids want to be like. Yeah. You know, and that there's no, you know, Alex Glenn could turn out to be that guy, or you know, or possibly Thorday, but I don't know that many kids are growing up wanting to be Sam Thorday. No, I wouldn't think so. You know, not the way that, you know, you look at the way Jackson still runs around commentating saying he's Jackson... Uh, saying he's Lockie. Saying he's Lockie. Yeah. I said, mate, Lockie's retired. Yeah, I know, but I just like pretending to be him. Yeah. You know, and quite frankly, the player that next... that probably gets the most mentions after Lockie is Ben Hannant. Yeah. Kids, who wouldn't want to be like Ben Hanning? You can't Mormons like rack up lots of wives and stuff. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure that's that's his logic, but you know, maybe it is. He's a handsome kid. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. I mean, they don't even even if you talk about other forms like guys like Petro and stuff like that. Yeah, like you know, real role models and uh, you know people who aspire to be like. But it's just uh, you know someone like Talis. Could you imagine Talis coming off the field and high fiving someone after he'd just been exactly. beaten by fifty? He'd be sort of guy that'd be filthy about their heads it. off. Yep. Yeah, and you would think that someone like Justin Hodges is probably like that too. But I've seen him do a bit of the, the mm. high five, you know, after a loss thing too. So, yeah, maybe it is the, the you know the professional age and players just don't have that in them anymore. But it's disappointing. It is. It is. Uh, where are we? Uh, ben Skinner said twenty one thousand two fifty nine was the official crowd before the Broncos fans went home early. Mm. Ash fickle, fickle Broncos support. Jeez, it was a fucking ghost town after they did. You're actually there too, so you can probably mm. speak more to the the uh, the Exodus DJ X. Five point. to go, it was yeah. wow. No one. Yeah, fifteen to go, they started to stream out. Yeah. Ten to go, it was really thinning out in the crowd. Five to go, it was you know there was fucking barely anyone left in our section and some members. Yeah. DJ X Plane, love being at Suncorp and seeing the Broncos fans walking out early when the going gets tough. Hash fickle Queensland fans. What about the guy that I spoke about before that was from Melbourne? Caught the bus in, and um, he was saying he, he was sitting on the bus, and old mate sat next to him, and and uh, he's going so he going to the game. Old mate, he clearly didn't realise this person was a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, he's just trying to make small talk. He's going, you're going to the game. Yep. Just looks at him, turns around, yep. Turns back away, turns his back on him. Oh, you reckon the Broncos will go right, mate? Yep. He's fucking like, got a bit of a twitch going on. And <laughs> and anyway, we're sitting there, sitting there, and he's just finished telling us a story. And I was there having a bit of a drink, and he goes, oh, fucking hell. There's Yes Man down there. The only word he knows in the English language is yes. <laughs> he actually sits like three, two or three rows in front of us down to the left. <laughs> Next to his mum or whatever. <laughs> what are the odds? The crazy people just infiltrating my section. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Mickey T. Well, it's not, you know, you look oh. at Aaron and Jill. Yeah. The crazy people do, they're not too well, far from But you me. infiltrated their section, really. I mean, they've been there for fucking forever. It's my section, Nathan. Yeah, okay, whatever. Mickey T, 1985, said, That Warriors game, wow. And Packer, in quotes, You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. There's a referential retard for you. And like, and then Packer got off the field afterwards and said, 
If it's cool to pee your pants, then I must be Miles Davis. You don't know that, do you? How do you fuck? How do you not know that one? Come on, really? You really drawing a blank there? Yeah. Fuck. All right. What's that from? Fucking Billy Madison. Oh, what's that shit? Fuck off. I would not watch that fucking shit. That trash. Thank you. Hey, jeez. All right, have at it, fans. Uh, make sure you let Glenn know. Uh, at CA Photo 10, how bad are Brisbane going? Russell Packer wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. There's a fair bit of that going on. There was, there was a fair bit of that going on. Especially today when the fines started going out. <laughs> oh, why is he pissed off? Why oh, Russell Packer? Uh, that was a pretty piss poor effort. Yes. Oh, I heard them all a hundred times and the ones that really annoys me because you see people that we follow on Twitter that we're friends with and stuff and they throw out one that's you know it's it's pretty fucking tired but I mean you know as far as those things go it was you know it was pretty well written nothing but then you see like you know like someone off the radio or something says yeah. something like that bulk retweets from people like it's actually funny fucking settle down idiots Okay, previews. Um, first one we probably should do because we normally do like an origin show, but uh, this year the sh- we've been getting the shows out uh, really early on Wednesday, so there's probably no point because you know it's not like it's a Thursday 9am thing anymore where the game's over before we talk about it. So I guess origin first. It's really hard with origin to, you know, the games are always, you know, generally 95% of the time they're tough games. Yep. You know, um, the first games in the series are really hard to call. This one being in New South Wales, I'm going to go New South Wales and win. I mean, that's yeah, really surprising to anyone listening. I probably would have said they'd win if it was in Queensland anyway, you know, for trolling purposes. But I think being at home, I do feel. I mean, I had my doubts about uh, Laurie Daly as a coach, but I think as that you should have. I think coaching ability aside, which is, remains to be seen, um, and is currently which is untested. Non-existent. Yeah, it, it possibly, you know, possibly is. I don't rate the guy at all, but. I do think that he's done a decent job, you know, a more than passable job of at least keeping the whole, you know, team unity and passion thing going that, that uh, Sticky started uh, last season. So well, I thought New South Wales was very, very close to winning that series last year. It's probably only come down to a two or three plays um, across the series, which could have been... Poor plays by Robbie Farrow. Oh, fucking hell, you In game three. You've got to be fucking kidding me, haven't you? The guy's a warrior. Um, seriously though they were that close I thought another season um, of Ricky Stewart behind the scenes bringing the guys together and instilling that same sort of belief in them and then the experience of last series uh, they were very close to being fucking unbackable to win this series this year and that's as, probably as honest as I can be I think their time was 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 due and um, they'd earned it and that Queensland um, you know they they probably need to get that, that taste of, of defeat to um, to want that victory more and that was going to tip them over the edge but the second that Daly uh, took the reins and, and Stuart was no longer part of the squad I, I just can't see it happening it's like they've, they've sort of set them back a couple selves back at least a couple of years and I think Queensland will be far too good and um, you know if you've got to look into the trenches and, and you know you're looking for motivation to, to get you 
up out into the battlefield and, and you turn around and you see Laurie Daly there, you're sort of inclined to sit back down and drink your cup of tea. You're not really jumping. He into seems the trenches he seems to be, he seems to be very well received. I mean, far more well received than I would have uh, envisaged. But um, I think uh, New South Wales, you know, game game one's always you know it's all open. We don't really know how the teams are going to gel, and uh, we do know Queensland. I mean, it's fairly. You know, majority is you know the same Queensland side we've seen for a number of years, which has been probably one of the keys. A, the key that they pretty much had most of the Australian reps, and B, that they've you know managed to maintain a consistency of lineup for you know for all that time. Sure. Uh, probably the two main keys. Um, this year, the real question mark for me is how they're going to go. I mean, I would expect that they would play. You know, they would lift for the occasion of Origin very very easily. But Thurston's been in terrible form. Cronk's been uh, he started off the season you know, amazingly well gotten pretty quiet of late Cameron Smith hasn't been setting the world on fire um, Slater not at all Darius Boyd injury question Ben Teo he's all messed up in the head because he possibly allegedly maybe broke a chick's eye socket um, Hodges probably on half a hamstring at this point yeah exactly oh. there's a lot of questions over Queensland the could... injury aside I don't think that their club form is going to have a, a huge bearing on the way they play in this game. I think um, we've seen it a number of times, you know, with, with some of the bigger-name players not being in the best club form and then they come into origin. And it's like Thurston's is a classic example. Years where the tight, uh, sorry, the Cowboys haven't been travelling particularly well. He's been struggling for, for form um, for the Cowboys and then all of a sudden he, he comes into origin he's getting man of the match awards and... Um, and he's untouchable. It's it's whatever happens when they go into camp and they get around that quality of player. It it brings out the best in them, and um, and and that's another thing I, I think probably would have started to really sink in had Stewart still been coach this year. Um, you know, just the quality of player that those guys have been around. They, you know, experienced you know the highs and lows of last series last year, and and just. Really strange. I would have thought they would have fought long and hard to, you know, whatever Parramatta would have been offering um, Ricky to go to, to Para. You would have thought that New South, you know, somewhere somehow he could have retained the job, or they could have. I'd know, imagine come up that they would have explored those possibilities, and I'd say he would have been pretty set. And yeah, I respect, yeah, I, I respect him for saying, you know, he came out and said, you know said the way it was going to be and you know and it turned out to and you know and he, and he kept his word and everything so I respect that sure. uh, Laurie Daly's obviously had a lot of time with Ricky Stewart as well I mean you know they played together you know at every level of the game uh, so you know I don't think that Laurie Daly's going to be as much of an issue as um, as I previously thought uh, you know I'm fairly happy with the with the uh, makeup of the side uh, we'll see how the halves go but last season they almost jagged it with you know a non-existent halves pairing too you know sure. so um, because Carney and, and Pierce did nothing That's last right. season combined. They were, they were carried the whole way by Robbie Farrow and Paul Gallon. Yeah, and, and and it's just a shame that they could they could have done something in the last five minutes of that third game, but no, it still had to go to Robbie Farrow. He just started, you know, just playing monumental, you know, gumby mistakes and cost us a series. So let's hope that Farrow can keep his you know keep his hands like feet tendencies and you know and, and his errors low and his tackles high. And if you can do that, who knows? I mean, we'll probably have a better picture after the first game. You know how it's going to play, how the series is going to play out, uh, how the various combinations work. I mean, Queensland I expected you know be the same as they always are, and uh, it certainly won't be a um, a, a blowout either way. I just I suspect, but um, 
you know, New South Wales at home. No better time than now. The Queensland team is getting a bit bored. I think the size of um, of the Queensland bench worries me a little bit. They've got Parker, Gill- oh, Gillett, um, T.O. and McQueen on the bench. Um, and when you compare that, that the New South Wales bench contains Trent Merrin and Andrew Fafita. Um, there's going to be a, a definitive size disadvantage once that first prop rotation takes effect. Um, there's not really... You know, there's going to be obviously a reshuffle. Thiday probably will move into the front row, um, and either Parker or Gillett will come into the into the side. <coughs> excuse me, into the um, into the rotation there. But I just, you know, when they're getting changed out in, you know, in comparison with Merrin and Fafita, there's a definite size disadvantage there on Queensland's behalf. And if they do assert any ascendancy in the forwards and and um, you start to lay a platform. Just wonder that those changes might actually swing the momentum back in New South Wales's favour. But can't really argue with the run on side. Um, you know, lots of experience. They've done the job before, um, and there's no real reason why they can't do it again. Um, you know, it's probably you know McQueen is a debutant. He's a question mark how he'll handle the big occasion. But um, I wouldn't imagine there'd be too much expected of him. He'll probably just you know, be asked to run in there and hit the ball up hard and not do anything too spectacular. Peel their oranges, pass the gator over. That's <laughs> pretty much about it. But, yeah. uh, look, you always sort of look forward to this time of year. Obviously, you know, the, sometimes the club form with the buys, etc., it's very disruptive and does have a, an effect on, on some teams' performances, given the players that can be out. And it, it can be a bit of a deflating sort of period as far as the club form goes. We saw a little bit of that last weekend, but um, there's no denying the spectacle of origin and... Um, you know, with with Maloney making his debut, I'm I'm keen to see how he's going to go for New South Wales. I think he's a great player. Um, always good to see Robbie Farrow in his rightful position of uh, hooker and um, inspirational leader for New South Wales. Um, and you know, it's going to be another cracking game in front of a huge crowd. It's good. It's uh, such a huge turnout. I hope there's an awesome massive stink in there as well. That's the only thing I really regret. There doesn't seem to be like an insane Mark Guyer slash you know Luke O'Donnell sort of loose cannon character that's just going to go in there and just do something amazing, you know, with his elbows or head. Well, or, Robbie you know, Farr has a chance of, of Anthony watching any one of the Queensland players. Yeah, but he's not going to start it. He'll finish it if it happens, but, you know, he's not going to go he's out got that in his game. He that. can finish it. I mean, he's a humble man. He's not he going to go out finish there it, starting but I, fights. Yeah, exactly. That, well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you, know, the, you know, maybe someone like Reynolds... <laughs> Sorry? That Reynolds is the fight starter, but, you yeah. know, he's not going to start, you know, start the game. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, Greg Bird will start him. Yeah, he's been known for Robbie it. Robbie Farrell um, come in and take care of business, and then Queensland will win the game. Yeah, I so New South Wales are going to win this game. Um, they, I think they, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, not even that tense towards the end. I mean, it's going to be a close margin, certainly no more than 10, but I think New South Wales have got this, and they're going to set the platform to uh, wrap it up in Brisbane. So I can get those one in a row shirts printed that people have shown a lot of interest towards too. So honestly, that's one of the main reasons I hope New South Wales win, just so people can enjoy that shirt. Okay, round 13 of the Telstra Premiership. We kick off with Friday night football coming to you from where? Parramatta Stadium. The Eels taking on the Chookies. Well. There's an upset on the cards here. No. <laughs> you fucking got to be kidding, right? No, yeah. honestly, no. Fuck no. There's no, there's, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening at all. Um, the Roosters have, have pride Maloney themselves. Maloney backing up. 
Maloney and Pierce backing up. You don't know what players are going to be like backing up. That's true. Jared Haynes going to be backing up. Um, admittedly, I don't think that's really a, a crunch factor of this game. I think even if you took Maloney and or Pierce out of the game, I think uh, the Roosters have still got too much for them. I mean, they're a team that have been built this season on uh, you know great defence, uh, and having a player or two out like Maloney or Pierce, or even them not you know firing that much it's not going to affect the overall structure of the team too much because they've got a ton of rank-and-file guys that aren't playing Origin or Rep Football at all. And I, as a result, I don't think it's going to you know, it's going to affect them at all. Um, Eels obviously have points in them, but they also have the ability to get fucking flogged. And I think that yeah, um, the Roosters' defence is, is, is equal to and, and better than anything the Eels can throw at them. Uh, and I'm sure they can find enough points to, to outscore them as well. Yeah, well, you convinced me. <laughs> all right, there you go, Chooks. It's a lock of the round, nearly. Okay, Knights versus Dragons. This one taking place at 5.30 game on Saturday. Um, Knights, you know, Darius Boyd's been named. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's it's possibly that, you know, he still doesn't play Origin at this stage. I imagine True. we'll be waiting. Um, Joey Lelou was in there. The next Joey sensation for, for the Knights. This I mean, one. That one's, who's anyone really fooled by that? No. Joey? Surely not, surely. Joseph, BJ, uh, whatever the fuck your name is. Yeah. Um, this one, I don't know. I mean, like, Dragons, they got close in a really, really horrible kind of game. Do you think that the Dragons, you know, with, with Fiend and Stanley, are going to do better than having Soward in the side? I don't think the Knights will lose two games in a row. And um, as is their form, they've sort of been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And that's come and to us home, home and away too, well. so yeah. Um, they've been very good at home at times this season. I don't think this, will, this game will change. I don't really consider the Dragons... To have uh, many attacking options and certainly not enough to trouble the Knights, so I think uh, I think the Knights will get home. Yeah, don't say don't say it enough, but I mean, it's how pleasing is it to see Rochow starting in the NRL? And killing it, killing it, killing it. Okay, the seven thirty Saturday game, the Cowboys taking on the Bulldogs up there in thirteen hundred Smile Stadium, and I honestly don't think there's going to be that many smiles. Um, the Bulldogs, not unaffected by Origin, but fairly unaffected by origin you could say um, Reynolds oh. haven't been named no which is strange they haven't but they haven't named um, Morris either so maybe are they just resting people because they know it's going to be such a gimme of a game um, <laughs> you look at the Cowboys and they've got a 21 player side yeah, exactly. you know with an extended bench of an additional 8 players so obviously they don't know what's going to go on there as far as their uh, origin players and they're hedging their bets there in terms of Scott uh, Tamau and um, and Thurston so, look, like the Warriors are, are a different beast at home, but they've been going Cowboys. so terribly late. Sorry, the Cowboys, yeah. The Cowboys are a different beast at home than, than they have been travelling. But I just don't know. I mean, I and I don't I don't rate the Bulldogs yet either. No. I think that they've been very lucky in some of their games. Uh, There's a shadow of, the, of them, their former selves, but... Um, I think the bounce-back factor, Jonathan Thurston will... Um, back up from Origin, um, and he always seems to lift against the Bulldogs, his former club from all those years ago. And I think that'll be enough to uh, to get the Cowboys home in Townsville in a pretty tight game. Um, I just don't think the um, you know they are trying to get things on track up there, and um, you know Henry's under a fair bit of pressure. I think the club will respond, and they'll get this win. All right, the Panthers take on your West Tigers over there on uh, Sunday, 3pm at uh, Centibet. So, 
Panthers on a bit of a run of late, unheralded lineup starting to come together and uh, you know put some points on and put some wins together. Yeah, Tigers, it all ends here. They Tigers declined as you like. Now, what the fuck happened to Hot Sauce? Ah, uh, he's got a boo boo. Got a boil. <laughs> he may have a boil. Um, I, he's got a leg injury of some sort. But uh, look, Sean Meany comes into the side. Former long-term um, manly lower grader, Sean Meany. Yeah, he was just crying out for a chance, but uh, Manly knew that they had to keep their foot on his head because he could dominate the game like a player no one's ever seen before. And uh, the Tigers are giving him a shot here in, in you know, in to, his, to in emerge. About his, in about his second first grade game after three or four years there. <laughs> to emerge from the shadow of uh, James Tedesco and, and do his best uh, whilst Tedesco has his injury attended to. Um, James we've, we've compiled it. We've compiled a fair uh, record against the Panthers in recent times. Uh, we've already beaten them once this season. This game will be no different. Um, Kevin Kingston will, will um, you know, wilt under the pressure of, of you know the best hooker in the game, Robbie Farah, um, who will be backing up from from Origin, looking to make amends from a horrible defeat tomorrow night, and um, probably taking out his frustrations on the Panthers. I think so the Tigers will win by 18 plus. It's so funny how you want to have it both ways that he's got to be the game-winning superhero but he can't win on, in the Origin game. <laughs> um, it's tough to see my way around there, Nathan. Panthers at there. home, I've got a couple of predictions to make. One, there'll be less than 10,000 people there because Penrith fans are shit house this season and absolute fucking shit fans should be ashamed of themselves. And the Tigers will score more than 10,000 points. I agree. And the Tigers will continue their decline and the Panthers could run 60 on them just depending on uh, how... I guess you know, had to moralise the Tigers getting at what minute of the game. Tigers have turned the corner. Uh, we'll continue to do so. Um, and, you know, look, you guys keep bringing it on, bringing on this Tigers in decline bullshit um, and all the other derogatory things you want to say about the Tigers. But I know the more games they win in a row and, and we're about to embark on a, you know, to building on our impressive win streak started last the week before last against the Cowboys and continued this week against the Bayer. Um, I was told know, I someone tweeted tweeted us and said you lost every you, chance. Someone told us that you lost twelve nil to the bye. Well, that person <laughs> is a complete and utter fool. Um, look, I, I think we'll take care of the Panthers very comfortably, um, and it'll be at least an eighteen plus victory. Absolutely ridiculous. Panthers are going to put a fucking flogging on, and uh, unless it's absolutely pissing down with rain, torrential rain, it won't even be close. The Tigers are going to get flogged, and it's our Tigers in decline again, uh, and their winning streak stops at one and a bye. Okay, now we move over to... It's going to be 4pm afternoon game. Uh, then you've got New Zealand time, of course, to take into consideration there. So I guess it's a 2pm game for us. The Warriors take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Mount Smart Stadium. Um, the Warriors obviously will be uh, packed full of confidence after flogging a hopeless Broncos side that's now 11th on the table. But Sea Eagles side, you know, they don't play that shit. Warriors, rocks and diamonds. They were very glittery diamonds on Monday night. Short turnaround... Easy for them to turn into rocks, and uh, they're going to get a, a, a lot more. Uh, they're going to find a lot more resistance in a in a, in a dominant manly side that's uh, looking good to push for the 2013 premiership. Yeah, backing up from Monday night, whereas Manly have, have had time to give themselves a bit of a rest, which they were probably due for. Um, they'll be fresh and pumped and ready to bounce out of the blocks, and they'll be too much for the Warriors. And uh, I'll probably make an example of them actually as well at home. And, uh, but, you know, I am looking forward to see what the jersey the Warriors will wear this time. I mean, because, you know, the commemorative jerseys are wonderful. Okay. And we have the Storm taking on the Sharks. 6.30pm football down there in Melbourne. Amy, this one 
one of the more origin affected games mm. I would suspect I mean you've got a lot of the Sharkies pack uh, tied up in origin you've got uh, just a lot of the storm period their entire spine you know taken up in or in uh, in origin football and, uh, and of course then you've got Hoffman in there as well so, I think at least one of the big three will be uh, be rested probably Cam Smith at this stage of the season you really think that's going to happen yeah I wouldn't be surprised he's very um, conscious of many managing player fatigue Bellamy um, yeah the only problem I see with that is that they've, they're in the middle of a slump they're, they're not out of that slump yet and I just wonder no, if, that you is really, very true. if you can tool around with combinations and that when the team really does need to you know get itself back on track a bit Having said that, it's the entire reason they bought someone like Brett Finch. So, um, I think down there the storm will be too strong. Um, the fact that it's at home, and uh, you know, if Queensland win, then you know the Storm boys will be dead keen to back up and put in a good performance against the Sharkies, and and the home crowd should just get them the result. And so, what's your storyline when Queensland lose? Is revenge? We'll take um, the frustrations I, out on the I Sharkies. I don't understand this Queensland losing philosophy. I don't. They lose one game every time. There's going to be two this time. Right. Possibly three. It'll be over. It'll be over in uh, in uh, Brisbane this time anyway. Okay. And finally, Monday night foot bitch, the Raiders taking on the Broncos down there in cold ass Canberra Stadium. How convenient the Broncos. Just, we you know we head into Origin time and. The Broncos have still got that seven-day turnaround. Yeah, and their origin players still get like five days off after yeah. the origin game before they play. You know, nothing sus about that at all. But I mean, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, neat seven-day turnaround on their Monday night games. And yeah. so, I'd have to say that barring like an actual catastrophe, you know, catastrophic injury in the game, they'll be coming in pretty much full strength. They've got a pretty hefty, ba- hefty bench there, obviously. You know, uh, I guess to cover the you know the potential losses of you know you know Thiday and um, sure. Guys like that, Corey Parker. But I think the Raiders might be too good down there. Raiders in Canberra are starting to become a bit Broncos of a proposition. coming off an absolute shellacking. Mm-hmm. And Raiders, another team that can throw that ad lib shit together and put some points on. Exactly. And especially if Campisi, because the thing that impressed me most about the Raiders um, when they played Manly was, um, well, you know, they weren't that impressive because they didn't, get, you know, they, could, they couldn't win the game. But the boot of Terry Campisi is fucking incredible. The length of his kicking game. Yeah. Very impressive, eh? You get some tired players. I mean, the Broncos, like we just said, you know, we can't have it both ways. They didn't, you know, they're not that affected by origin. They don't have that many players in. But that aside, if they've got some tired guys there, like Thiday and Parker, who are workhorses of their side, if they can just keep getting turned around by Terry Campisi, yeah, it'll open up. I mean, Broncos, they're not a defensive side like Manly, a defensive side. And Cam- so I think Canberra have got a lot of points in them. Broncos heads down after a massive flogging on Monday night at home. They're going to one of the most inhospitable winter away trips that you can get. Um, it's all it all seems laid up there for Canberra to uh, put a win on. You make a compelling argument. I think the Raiders will win one to twelve. Oh, I think they'll probably win thirteen plus, but they're going to win. I think it's going to be big. And that is full time for episode 123. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. 
We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, retweet shit, you know, just send us your feedback as well. We love getting comments and stuff like that. And uh, we always reply as well. So, um, you know, throw it up there and, uh, you know, who knows, you may end up on next week's show. iTunes, no iTunes reviews this week after the bumper crop we had last week. So, Lazy um, bastards. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Fantasy football, we finally have a change at the top of the group uh, for our uh, Supercoach Points League. El Ducho's Dopers, I don't know if they were in second place, or they were certainly in the top 10, and they have been for a long time. They've taken the lead off Dane Laurie for PM. They're leading by only eight points, but, um, you know, this these affected rounds, you know, they've obviously got more guys in their side. I think they got 780 points, which is shit, but considering, you know, most people were only fielding, you know, between, you know, one and five players and getting scores of, you know, like four, five hundred, it's a pretty good effort. Um, we also we got Mighty Bulldogs in third, Cerberus in fourth, Sherwood Scorpions fifth, the Assassins in sixth, UFC Roosters made a big move to seventh, Tooves Super Dudes eight, Toto's Terrors nine, and Ross's Rascals in ten. Tipping. Now we're not finished because the actual the Origin uh, match is going to come into this week's tipping. Um, the Real Jedi is four points on top at the moment over Desi Stuck, seventy-one play sixty-seven. He can tip that kid. Yeah, we got uh, he got one hundred percent at the moment this week, as has Desi Ducks. Voodoo Rock dropped a point uh, on the uh, Brisbane New Zealand game, so he's on he's tied on sixty-seven as well. Williams two seven seven on sixty-seven. Lynn on sixty-seven. Boxcar Jason on sixty-seven. Then uh, back in seventh, we've got Animal NZ on uh, on sixty-six. Shell Get. Eddie's on 66. Aussie 11198 goes to goes to 65. Uh, Big Dan 64, and uh, he's in 10th position, but he's also tied with Troy Schroeder and Unknown on 64. And uh, I'm on 100% at the moment this week as well, so uh, I think I'm about two or three Jesus. points out of the top 10. So I'm making a move. You gonna get a whopper? Uh, I've got one. I think I've got I've got one in round two or three or something like that, but I um, haven't redeemed it yet because I try not to eat that sort of stuff. But um. You know, I might shout myself a whopper after the New South Wales win, no origin. How about that? <laughs> Shop. And, and some Hungry Jacks. Yeah. Shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit this week in league.com forward slash shop because uh, we're clearing them out. And uh, the the Revelation shirt is now 20 bucks. It's half price. And we're going to get new stock of everything in there. So if you spend over $50, we will throw in a stubby cooler for free. So Tigers and Client shirt is going ahead. Um, if New South Wales win Origin, I think we kind of just threw it out there, just like, you know, just, you know, randomly, you know, didn't really formally put it out there. But this one in a row shirt, I'm dead serious about making if New South Wales win. So if they can win the first game uh, of the series, I'll start getting the design together and uh, it'll have to be ready for full time of the second game uh, in the chance that they take it out at home. And basically, if they win it in game two or if, if they take some three games and they win at the end of game three, immediately we setting up in a position to take pre-orders and basically if we can sell like I think it's you know what 30 of them maybe something like that yep then uh then it'll go ahead immediately so I'll make you sure you sell 30 I guarantee it oh 30's not many to sell a lot of New South Wales fans out there and uh, they'll be waiting a long time to have something to cheer about you won't sell 30 shirts how many Tigers into Klein do you reckon or something? oh fucking 500 <laughs> just cause people hate me yeah, yeah, but um, you know they can hate you on the perspective of origin as well. 
And some people do. Because I like to make a state trader shirt too. And actually, that reminds me, we did throw it out there on Twitter. Well, we, I threw it out there on Twitter on Saturday night or something like that, or it's Friday night. Um, it was great to hear all your state trader stories and outing all your state traders and, uh, you know, submitting them to adjudication <laughs> to us and others to, you know, whether, they, whether their circumstances uh, did did tar them as a, you know stamp their passport as a as a state trader. We're all jealous, the bastards. Uh, well, no, not really, because we were slamming people that were you know lived in Queensland, went from New South Wales as well. State traders don't yeah, just go one way. Not as many of them. No, maybe. I don't know. Well, not as many get get you know get, got submitted to us for consideration. The Queensland ones are much worse. But yeah, there you go. That's it. That's all we've got time for. Go New South Wales. Go Manly. Successful week coming up for me in footy. Can't wait. Tigers undefeated for another week. See rolling around, sitting on doves, can't my I was high on shrub, cooling in my escalade. Man, I'm paid, I got it made. Take me to your special place. Close your eyes, show me your face. I'm gonna piss on it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.